For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. You know, for a country that seems to be awash with money, and much of that, of course, from hardworking people and hardworking business in the private sector who are returning huge amounts of tax uh, to the uh, state coffers, um, lots of windfall going into the state budgets that they weren't expecting because companies are uh, doing the right thing. But in spite of all of that, the things that matter the most in this country um, remain broken um, and uh, don't know if there's ever going to be a will or a way to fix them. Um, it's a story, actually, that you know I can connect with the reason why there's a massive waiting list for Cork Home Supports. It's a front-pager making the echo this morning. And to be fair to those working within that healthcare sector, there's only so much they can do, um, you know, because you can't just magic up healthcare assistants or home care support teams or home care individuals, what we used to call in the past people who work uh, in the front line doing home help work. But if they paid better and made the jobs more attractive, then surely be to God more people would like to um, follow that calling and do that work. But the Echo this morning says there are 1,200 people are wait on waiting lists for home care support assistance in Cork alone. Now, this is in spite of the fact that we have politicians, the likes of Stephen Donnelly and the Minister of State for Mental Health and Older People, they're announcing increased funding for home support providers to see if the carers could get paid properly or paid better. So we'll have to see what happens. But down, down, when you drill it all down into it, of course, it's all to do with a lack of staff is because of shocking terms and conditions and pay. You see that story from Tipperary this morning that makes the front of this morning's Independent. It's been referenced in the past by the media. It's a couple, uh, Nicholas Smith, aged 82, and his wife, Hilary, aged 79. Um, and they're able to trace much of their final days in their rural bungalow near Clonmel. This letter has revealed, a letter that she left revealed the lonely life and the cruel death of this um, temporary couple where they're saying they wished in the letter that they had never come to Ireland. Now, the letter doesn't solve the mystery surrounding their death. Their mummified remains were discovered when the guards conducted a welfare search on the property in June of 2022. Apparently a neighbour expressed concerns. Uh, No one had moved into the house and the couple's two Volvo cars remained at the rear of the house because neighbours had thought that they had been told by the couple that they were going to France. They didn't. They were dead inside in the uh, in the cottage. Now, in the letter, they claimed that they were at risk from physicians and that they should never have come to Ireland. So clearly there, were, there must have been some issues going on in their lives, maybe psychologically and indeed medically. Uh, both had been suffering from lots of different healthcare issues, but very, very sad. It makes the front and the inside pages of The Independent today. We have uh, two uh, different court trials mentioned in the papers today that are connected to Cork. One is the 29-year-old man who's been sent for trial for the murder of the Brazilian Bruno Fonseca, found dead in a flat in Cork City on New Year's Day. It's a fellow called Miller Pacheco. He appeared uh, at Cork District Court by video link from Cork Prison yesterday at the same time, the tragic loss of life at the weekend uh, where Deepa Dinamani uh, was killed at her home in Cardinal Court in Wilton and a 41-year-old man accused of murdering his wife this is Regin Rajan. Um, he appeared in Cork District Court by video link from Cork Prison yesterday also. So both of those. Uh, and, you know, yesterday there was a, a huge buzz and a real build-up for the Irish game against Australia. Unfortunately, a penalty uh, gave our chances of beating the Canadians, came a cropper. Uh, but Vera Paul says in the papers this morning that we're afraid of no one. And uh, she wants to rally the troops and I suppose also rally the fans. This narrow 1-0 defeat to the hosts Australia makes the front of the star today. Uh, Denise Sullivan make, well, you know, 
referenced to Denise O'Sullivan on the front of the Echo and loads of photographs on the inside pages of the uh, everyone that went to watch the match at the Woolshed yesterday. She continues to be the pride of the North Side. A proud trailblazing football legends shrugged off Ireland's World Cup heartache and revealed, uh, sorry, reveled in a history-making day uh, over 50 years in the making. This is talking to former stars in this morning's sun, saying it's taken 15, 50 years for this to happen with regards to Irish women's soccer, and we should be celebrating that in spite of the fact that the first defeat was unfortunately down, down to a penalty. You know, um, it's uh, also not RTE's month or year, because with all the stuff that's been going on already, they didn't manage to get the commentary right. Um, they say in the papers this morning that the first half of the commentary um, and the f- pictures, the live video feed, was out of sync. I don't know about the first half, half because I watched the second half when I came off the air on my laptop and that was out of sync by about four or five seconds. It's impossible to watch a match when the commentary tells you what happens before you see the pictures. But anyway, apparently, according to The Sun this morning, an awful lot of people just switched over to ITV. I mean, it's mortifying, isn't it? Uh, Sadly, though, unfortunately, in this very cruel and dangerous world we live in, uh, the build-up for the World Cup yesterday was very much marred by a gunman who killed two people close to the New Zealand stadium where the Women's World Cup kicked off yesterday. This is over in Auckland. Uh, Six other people were injured. Apparently, he had a pump-action shotgun. Um, Talking about safety, do not go anywhere near Talbot Street. I know I've been talking about different areas of Dublin in the past. O'Connell Street is bad. But Talbot Street is a, like seriously, it's a no-go area. If you had a business there or a restaurant there, God only knows what you have to put up with. So if you're ever up in Dublin, avoid that street. Just do not go there because the characters on that street, um, you just don't know what they're capable of. I mentioned that because the papers this morning talk about a tourist who is in hospital now and could lose an eye after the city street attack on Talbot Street. He's in danger of losing an eye. He was brutally beaten and kicked in the head. He's a New Yorker who was on his second trip to Ireland in less than a year. 57-year-old was staying in accommodation only a few yards from the attack scene on Talbot Street. Apparently, according to the Mirror this morning, um, he encountered six teenagers, three boys and three girls, late on Wednesday night, probably going back to his accommodation. One of the gangs said something to him, and unfortunately, he went back to talk to them. The three boys, uh, who the guardy believe are all under 18, viciously attacked him. Uh, he's in the hospital now and probably will lose an eye. The Mail this morning says this, there's an outcry, outcry now over the latest violent attack on the capital streets that left the US tourist uh, with life-changing injuries. Um, and they're saying, what are we going to do to tackle violence on the capital's streets? Well, it's not just Dublin. Um, Cork is bad. And I suppose when you, when you microcosm it up in the opposite direction, like Dublin is an awful lot worse by virtue of the fact that it's a, a bigger city. But Cork is a smaller version of that with regards to thuggery and assault and what have you. So tourists beaten by mob is the story that makes the sun today. Bashed US tourists at risk of losing an eye. So that area, actually, all sorts of um, individuals gathered there. Now, a lot of them, unfortunately, have drug addiction, drug addiction issues. It could be heroin, it could be crack cocaine, it could be a combination of all sorts of things. If you've ever walked that area, they do sadly looked like the the walking dead but teenagers really seem to have a free pass in this country uh, to do anything they want without fear or repercussions I believe that they should all be just rounded up to be honest with you that we get, need to get seriously tough about this and if it involves bigger prisons so be it but anyway Helen McEntee is pledging to address this violence after the tourist assault is that what it takes though that it's got to be a tourist that loses an eye 
I mean, is it is it any less important that our own citizens should be safe going about their business and not having to engage in where they go and when they go there and the no-go zones that they must avoid? Anyway, your thoughts on that are welcome. Text 0868104106. Ryan Toberty makes the front of the sun. I said it before and I'll say it again. He will be back on air. And the fact that um, Kevin Backhurst had a face-to-face meeting with Ryan Tuberty earlier in the week means that he will definitely be back on air, probably will be paid significantly less because if he wasn't going to back, go back on air, I can't imagine why the boss of RT would want to meet him. So Tubbs and RT back in touch. Let me back on air, as in B-A-K is the front of the mirror today. Meanwhile, um, the revolt against the licence fee continues. So less and less people are paying it. And by all accounts, 30% of those who got uh, a summons to go to court didn't bother. So that's an interesting one really. That's kind of people power at work saying nah, this is no longer for me. This, but all they'll do is they'll get rid of the model of how they collect the licence fee now and they'll do it by another means and that probably will be will be revenue. You heard in the news at 9 o'clock that Cork Airport is going to have another go at a new direct flight to New York and they figure that it could happen within the next three years. It's a story in the Independent this morning of course there was at one stage a flight, I can hardly even remember it now but there was a flight going from uh, Cork to the east coast of America with Norwegian. Um, we had it for a little while and then Norwegian bailed. Some at the time suggested that they only started the flight in Cork to get an extra slot into America. And as soon as they'd secured it using Cork as the springboard, uh, they left us in the lurch. And I'll say nothing for now about uh, Taylor Swift. I will come back to it in a few minutes' time. Add into the mix that Coldplay have announced concerts uh, for next year, 2024. But there will be absolutely nowhere for fans to stay because they just won't be able to afford uh, hotel prices. But I'll come back to that in a moment, as I say, with Claire. But, um, you know, we were talking recently about Instagrammers and influencers and bloggers, primarily in RT and the amount of money they can make by posting things from the studio and what have you. Apparently, Cristiano Ronaldo is the highest paid Instagram earner. And he has uh, leapfrogged over Kylie Jenner, who was. Apparently, Cristiano Ronaldo can get 1.87 million pounds for every sponsored post he puts up on his Instagram. Kylie Jenner can get 1.47 million pounds for every post on their Instagram page. (laughs) When is enough enough? Like You look at the top 10 earners there. Cristiano Ronaldo, Kylie Jenner, Lionel Messi, Selena Gomez, uh, Dwayne, Dwayne Johnson, Kim Kardashian, Ariana Grande, Beyonce, Khloe Kardashian and Kendall Jenner. When is enough enough? Even the 10th position on this, Kendall Jenner, still gets one million pounds for every post that she puts up on Instagram. Um, Which brands are doing the most litter? This is a UK story, but it may well convert over to Ireland as well. But the brand that we all know of that creates the most litter is, wait for it, drum roll, Coca-Cola. The most littered product probably because of its popularity, particularly the plastic Coca-Cola bottles. So the paper this morning talks about that. Coca-Cola makes up a fifth of the branded items picked up, apparently. McDonald's comes in second, and Pepsi and all the various PepsiCo profits third. But Claire, you were asking me earlier on as to uh, why the newspapers are still talking about the drinks that goes with various forms of fast food. It's because they all they all fish in the same kind of pool, you know? One, one paper goes for it, and then they're off, and uh, everyone's doing it. But it's back again this morning because apparently 
apparently they were also suggesting that Kentucky Fried Chicken uh, goes very well with champagne. Let's try it out. That's all we can do. Give it a try. Um, I, I don't know why they suggest this and not suggest hillbillies, which is just as beautiful a product and probably even nicer. Maybe the cork version of it, maybe. Um, I just mentioned that actually because there are other types of fast food related stories that make the papers today. Do you remember, or are you old enough to remember? Let me sort out your mic there. Which mic are you on? Are you old enough to remember the court case um, that drew a lot of attention way back in the day when a woman was scalded uh, by uh, McDonald's coffee? Yes, I remember that. Okay. Uh, she got the coffee and she went out and I think she either had it, she, I don't know whether she was in her car or sat down at a table, but she wedged the coffee into her lap in between her legs. Um, and she got scalded. Um, and then she uh, sued McDonald's for it. The lawsuit initially uh, led to a whopping award to the woman who got scalded by the coffee of $2.9 million in, I, in damages. <laughs> like, you know the coffee is hot. It, it even You're says it on the coffee. But well, it's, like, it's like those packets of peanuts and it says, like, may contain nuts. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you have yeah, to put yeah, it on yeah. for those kinds of people, yet they're still able to sue for all that I money. think after that case, McDonald's had to put on the hot coffee. May contain hot, hot contents. Contents hot. Oh, for God's sake. Anyway, she didn't end <laughs> up getting 2.9 because okay. it, was, it was appealed. Good. But a judge... <laughs> with a little bit more common sense than the other judge, <laughs> awarded her $640,000 in damages. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mention that because a story out of Florida this morning, Florida, mm. has awarded $800,000 in damages to a seven-year-old girl for suffering, suffering mm. mental, for suffering mental anguish caused when a chicken nugget fell on her thigh, <laughs> causing... Causing second degree burns. What? No, it's no. true. No, it's true. Eight hundred grand for a McDonald's burned, chicken nugget. Burned by a chicken nugget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not that hot. Um, well, apparently, on the skin of a four-year-old, they are. So, it's drawing comparisons to oh, the McDonald's God. story and the woman scalded by coffee. So, she got, and here's what she got: <laughs> she got damages for pain, suffering, and mental anguish, and she got four hundred thousand dollars for the pain she endured. And another $400,000 for future suffering as a result of the injury. This is clearly oh a jury gosh. that doesn't like chicken nuggets. But the, it was a seven-year-old, is it? Uh, four-year-old. Four-year-old. The parent... Seven, no, a seven-year-old. She was age four at the time. At the time. The yeah. parent is surely pushing this, though, as well. And just trying oh, to, yeah, like, you only, know... Only in America. And probably traumatising the child even more. The child probably didn't even think much of it. And no, then the parent No, the child would be delighted because Mammy has just told the seven-year-old you have 800 grand to spend when you're a little older. What are you going to do with it? It's insane, isn't it? Where do we go wrong, Neil? That's the world Where we live in. OK, we'll take a look at Taylor Swift after the break. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818-104-106. Red FM. It took, uh, uh, remind me, 22 minutes for the tickets to sell out yesterday. Is that right? Yeah, there was no hope for so many people. How many people? Apparently 500,000 people got access to tickets. I wasn't one of them. Remember, I had I had registered for the for that So sale. what was the pre-register then? How many people in total would have wanted to go? They said, oh God, I don't know how many people actually pre-registered. Probably, I think they said a million. Okay, thank you. And a I million. think that about 500,000 ended up 
getting the codes for the sale okay. yesterday. What happened when you got a code and what happened yesterday? So basically you had a code which gave you access just to get to the sale. But like, even if you got your code, got onto Ticketmaster, typed it in and got in, there could be, people were saying 19,000 ahead of you in the queue. And that okay, so that became like the normal thing. You just were in the queue for a yeah. Ticketmaster ticket. Mm-hmm. And what happened after that then? So people were saying that when they got finally in to choose their tickets or choose their spots. So like the cheapest kind of tickets I saw would have been seating about 85 euro and then the standing ones were 126. And then further than that... there's. Yes, I would have thought you'd pay more to sit, but maybe that's my age. We, see, they're probably way back. Okay, you I know? get you. you now there is, it. yeah, like yeah. there is f- like floor seating right in front of the stage and that you're talking maybe two, three hundred for those. But people just said that the, the cheaper tickets like the 85, the 126 were gone within minutes and people were only left with the options of the really elite seats or these VIP packages which are costing 740 euro each. Yeah, I did see those ticket prices of 700 and odd. Are they, yeah. they're still available? Like people, people aren't people buying are, them? Some people are saying they're still available. Yeah, and, and so many people and it must have been heartbreaking because I feel really bad for the big fans that are mad to go and see their favourite artist and they're, they're given this option of like, oh, here's a ticket but it's going to cost you you know, 700 quid each, you know, and to turn that down must be really crap. Like, Particularly if you're buying it for a, um, a teenage mm-hmm. son or daughter. Absolutely. And, and, you, and they want to go. And they want to go. And that was another issue is that... One columnist actually in the paper this morning, her daughter talked her out of buying the ticket. Really? She said, don't, like in fairness to the kid, she said, don't do it, ma'am. Don't and, do it. Yeah. And, and not only that, but like if you're bringing your kid, your 13, 14 year old, you have to go with them. Mm. They're not allowed to go It'll with be over 25 with the, with the child, isn't it? Something like that. Something like that, maybe, yeah. Yeah, as to be an adult, yeah, exactly. So, like, it's 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 really disappointing. It's very disheartening, isn't it? Do you know, like, for a music fan and you want to see your favourite artist, especially the younger kids, you know, who, who just don't understand, why can't I go? Yeah, um, so this will be tw- 65,000 fans for each of the gigs, yeah. and there are three of them. Three nights, And yeah. already you're saying the scalpers are reselling. Yeah, apparently there's already people reselling the tickets at huge inflated prices. So. And there's nothing can be done about that? Well, like, the point of this whole pre-register thing was to kind of weed out those people, but I didn't really see how that was going to work. But if, if you I got was a, a scalper, ticket, yeah. and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to get Taylor Swift tickets and sell them for a fortune, I'm going to pre-register. It's easy. All you do is just submit your email address. So I don't really know how that was a plan to get rid of that. that. So you couldn't, have a, you couldn't have a situation where your name's on a ticket and you have to be scanned with ID going in so that the ticket matches you? No? Ticket master you can transfer your ticket over to another email quite easily that's, so I suppose that's why scalpers get away with yeah, it yeah you okay. Know. okay now one of the big pro- but that's it and what do you think Taylor Swift is aware of all of this and the ticket prices she is and she's been very outspoken about that because there was a huge mess in the States last year with this tour when the the, the US tickets went on sale um, and she's kind of taken things into her own hands but I don't know if that's even really working seemingly it's not you know, clearly not. No. Or, or is this just a consequence of her popularity? Get over it. You know, you know maybe that every decade too. had this. Yeah, yeah. With stars, exactly. One of the bigger problems, then, of course, will be as to where people are going to stay. And into mm. the mix now, we have uh, four Croke Park gigs announced for Coldplay next year, and there's nowhere to stay apparently. No. So they have two definitely announced, and I think they're hoping for another two. And I saw something in the papers this morning saying something like 99% of, of all the hotels are, are, are booked up in Dublin for that. Yeah, but uh, Seamus did a little look there mm-hmm. at other Coldplay concerts around Europe at the same time. And a hotel in Rome would cost you €72 Euro on the night of Coldplay, €109 Euro on the night of Coldplay, 57 um for um, a double room. 
57 is another one in a boutique hotel. Do you yeah. want me to continue? Yeah. I know. They're all like that. Meanwhile, for a Coldplay gig in Dublin, the Grand Canal Dock, €1,339. How are they getting away with this? It's I like, it's, it's, it's obscene. And it's just more and more that we're hearing, like, do you know, it'd be cheaper to go and see them in Spain or, oh, I'm flying to Frankfurt to go and see them and it's cheaper for two nights there plus flights and accommodation. And Somebody's tickets. gotten a... Yeah, absolutely, including flights. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And and then some. Yeah. Uh, somebody's got a private Airbnb <laughs> that is available for the Coldplay gig in Dublin at one night, €2,448. And the picture that's shown, it's just like a picture of a rose. So I wouldn't like to think what the actual place looks like if they're not even showing a picture. And do you even know if it's genuine? Exactly, yeah. And that's another thing as well. All these scams going around and people getting bookings and then they find out that they don't have the booking. And it just, it's so disheartening as a music fan, you know, to think that people have to go through this, you know, torture and this pressure and this stress to try and afford to go and see them and just get legitimate it's a good, tickets uh, and legitimate hotels. It's a good lesson in this as well, though. Teaching t- teenagers and young people mm. that life can be tough and life can be cruel and you don't mm. always get it your way. Um, okay, so a final bit of business then this morning has to do with Oppenheimer <laughs> and Barbie. Mm-hmm. Uh, both are released today. Barbenheimer Day. Barbenheimer Day. <laughs> so do you think many people will go to both? On the same day, pop out of one and into the other. I really think social media has a big part to play in this because so many people have been on about the both of them and it's turned into Barbenheimer and people are saying, (laughs) which one do you... I love it, I love it. (laughs) The people are saying, which one do you go see first? And, you know, which one do you go see second? And even Tom Cruise was asked on the red carpet for his new movie, Mission Impossible, you know, are you going to see the both of them? And he said he loves opening weekend and it's great buzz and he'd love to go in a full cinema and everything like that. So I really think there'll be a big turnout for it this weekend. Okay, okay. Come back to me when you've seen them I will. Um, maybe Monday or Tuesday yeah, exactly. give me your vote on, on Barbenheimer um, at cinemas uh, today yes. um, uh, do we need to play a Taylor, Taylor Swift song I suppose considering there are a lot of Taylor Swift fans for the day that's in it maybe okay and if anybody has been lucky enough to uh, yeah. snaffle a couple of tickets Please text 0868104106 let us know meanwhile if this works yeah it should do here That's good stuff, all right. In fairness, it is good stuff. Taylor Swift. Tiny, what an absolute nightmare getting Taylor Swift tickets was. I tried for all three time slots every single time. The website would glitch and not let me join the queue. After 15 minutes, I finally got in and I was number 72,266 in the queue. I stuck it out and finally got to the end of the queue. And then the only thing left was VIP packages starting at well over 300 euro. I know four other people that were all left with the same thing. Could it not just be a lottery and save us all the hassle? The absolute stress of it gave me a migraine yesterday. It's the last time I'll ever go through the process. Thank you for that. I'm assuming you didn't buy two you were looking for two tickets, I'd imagine, the two 300 euro tickets. Uh, hi, without giving out my details as I'm at work, but yesterday I did try for Taylor Swift tickets for myself. I'm not a fan, but I heard she is a fabulous entertainer in concert because I love going to concerts. I said I'll try and get the tickets. When I was in the queue, there were 6,000 people ahead of me. Uh, because it was four tickets per person. I knew I was going to get the tickets, so I stayed in the queue. When it came to my turn, 
These were the prices of the tickets. Bear in mind, it's only for one ticket. Needless to say, I didn't purchase them, but I do feel sorry for the real fans. Um, Oh, sorry, hang on a second. For the real fan base, because they're young. So hopefully, those overpriced tickets will not sell and Ticketmaster will reduce the cost to a normal price. And the tickets that were left, I can't see that, so you need to pull it over. The tickets that were left um, were uh, €573 each. 743 euro each, 573 euro each, 498 euro each are as low as, I shouldn't even say low as, 371 euro each. I imagine they ultimately will sell out as well. You were lucky. You were, there were 6,000 people ahead of you um, in the queue. The text I read before it, there was 72,266 ahead of the other person texting in the queue. Uh, It's about supply and demand, I suppose, and ultimately it's just down to the girl's popularity. Anyway, if you manage to snaffle tickets at a good price, do get in touch. Text 0868-104-106. Just quickly, can I just go to another story that, I don't know whether there's actually a link in this, but we do know that we have a a drug problem in this country, have for many years, and getting worse. And the, the drug availability and the selection that will be available will only get worse as the years go by, with the new synthetic drugs coming onto the market. So your cocaine, your heroin, your crack cocaine and amphetamines. Wait till you see what's coming down the track. But how do they get them in? Uh, Well, a lot of the time it is, of course, on water. And you're aware of the discovery of four million euro worth of drugs just bobbing about in two large bales up in Dunfanaghy in County Donegal earlier in the week. You're probably also aware of the story uh, on Leaside some years ago when uh, one and a half tonnes of coke were recovered by Guardian custom officers down in West Cork, down in Dunlock Bay at the time. Um, I mention all of those because I don't know whether there's a connection, Barry Roach writes in the Irish Times this morning, about another few kilos of cocaine that apparently washed up um, down in East Cork. And Barry Roach in the Irish Times joins me by phone. Barry, good morning. Good morning, Ian. How are you doing? Is, is, do you think it's possible to connect the four million, like the two huge bales above in Donegal, with what was washed up in East Cork? I don't know is the answer is one of the possibilities Guardian Cork are considering but you would think I mean what are we we're probably 200 miles are we further away from Donegal it depends I suppose I mean the, the thinking as I understand it is that uh, what's washed up in Donegal there are two bales they're worth as you say over 4 million uh, wrapped in black plastic uh, the thinking is that one of the ways that drug smugglers get drugs into the country now is that they, um, they drop them off offshore attach them to a, a boy, a GPS locator, and then somebody else comes up and picks them up later, so they're more difficult to apprehend, as it were. Yeah. I suppose it depends how far off they dropped it. I mean, say, I'm only speculating here, but if somewhere roughly in the Atlantic off Galway, maybe some would come south, some come north. I don't know. Um, I'd imagine, though, the currents probably move north. I have a recollection of some people going missing down the south and being found up off Clare and Lopet and places like mm. that. So, but this one, the possibilities, the other, uh, just to sort of recap for your listeners, two, there's obviously the two bales, or I think it's three bales now actually in Donegal, uh, up by Dunfanny, found yesterday, but early in June, uh, Gardy recovered, or members of the public found two kilos of cocaine in Cork, one on a beach between Ballycotton and Yall, and one close to the city. Gary Aaron saying where, where each with a street value of about 80,000, so 
160,000 worth of cocaine washed up here. The two in Cork, even though they're 30 kilometres more apart, are similar. So, Gardy, you're satisfied they're from the same consignment, but whether they're part of the same consignment from Donegal is the question. The Donegal um, drugs are wrapped in black plastic. I presume those bales are composed of smaller kilo pack size packages, mm. which is what we've washed up here in Cork. It's led to Gardaí uh, in Donegal issuing a warning to drug tour, cocaine tourists arriving in Donegal to search for bales of cocaine and obviously that's the whole... Are there such things as cocaine tourists? Well, this, that's the whole basis for the young offenders. Jock and Connor get on their bikes, don't they, in Cork after Dunlock Bay back in... That's, that's was, uh, true. Yes, you're right. That was the storyline, uh, six, yeah. 61 of the 62 bales were uh, washed up in Dunlock Bay. There was one missing for quite some time. It was found later, but the premise for the story is that they had boys head down and they, they intent on becoming millionaires and put of uh, cocaine... Sorry, Dunlock Bay was 400 million worth of cocaine, so 64 two bales work out the math. You, you said in the Irish Times in 08 actually 440 million. Oh, 440, yes. Nearly half a billion it. euro worth in West Cork. In West Cork back then. I mean, and you know, West Cork and Cork particularly has a, I was going to say long and pro tradition but there's a long and pro tradition of apprehending stuff down here but long tradition as well unfortunately of stuff coming in. Uh, going back as far as 91, the karma, no, that was uh, cannabis, that was 9 million worth uh, at Cork Bank Sherry in 1991. Uh, 93, we had the brine, that was off Kerry but uh, there was uh, 25 million worth of cannabis in that, and then 96 was the first of the cocaine seizures here. Sea uh, Mist down in Ahada, uh, Customs Team under Paddy O'Sullivan, they did a rummage of the converted trawler and they found 599 kilos of cocaine worth 125 million. So we're really gone into the uh, Super League at that stage. 98, the Jimaeus in Kinsale, uh, 325 kilos of cocaine on the catamaran, 61 million. And then uh, we had the Posidonia back in 99. That's a um, cannabis into skull uh, 18 million worth of cannabis but then the lucky day that's the yeah, lucky that's day one that's just off seven, the charts or, like. yeah 1.5 tonnes of cocaine worth 440 million into a rib and of course the background to that was uh, they had uh, they put petrol in a diesel in a petrol engine or something they, like put, they put petrol in a diesel engine yeah and I was asking somebody years later and they said well they had the petrol to wash down the, the rib so there'd be no trace of drugs but somebody when they ran out picked up the wrong canister poured it in the engine stalled, they were at the mercy of the sea, the whole thing capsized, the uh, 62 bales were tossed into the sea, 61 were found, and of course, the four guys, three of them, uh, Joe Daly, Martin Wand and Perry Worry, got serious sentences over 20 years. Uh, I'm looking at the original reports, uh, Wand and Worry got 30, but I think they were reduced to about 23 in appeal. One guy called George Hagen pleaded and he got uh, 10 years. That was 2007. A year later, 2008, Dances with Waves, apprehended by the Navy in a joint operation with uh, the Guardian Customs, 150 miles off the mizzen. There was, I'm uh, just looking at the figure here, was it 500 th- millions worth of cocaine? Oh, my in- God almighty. That's 1. insane. 5, yeah. Three English guys got, they pleaded, they got 10 years, and then come forward another year, no, sorry, 214 was the last one, the big one down here, and that was the... I'm looking here, my notes. And as you're doing that, I'm wondering how McKay much is Bella, that? Uh, 290 million's worth and... Uh, 290 million? Yeah, that was Naval Service again, joint operation with Customs Guardi, operated the yacht McCabella, 100 kilometres off the Cork coast, a tonne of cocaine with street value of 290. But and, you're into uh, billions of euros seized oh, yeah, there, yeah, but yeah. can you imagine what actually is successfully getting in? 
Yeah, I mean, I remember talking to guards way back in the day and they were sort of saying they reckon they were getting 10%, you know, that sort of thing. And when it comes into Ireland, like, it's all, that's not all for Irish consumption. That's to be distributed no, into Europe. No, when it come in, yeah, I mean, um, Lucky Day was basically using Ireland as a transit point in the UK. I presume most of the ones coming up the uh, off the Cork coast are destined for the UK. I think one of the other ones, there was supposed to be a, a rendezvous with a boat out of Wales. I think that was Lucky, that was Dances with Waves my recollection so coming up from South America like you know yeah they're coming from but then you know the last big one of these we had was 2014 more recently there's a new sort of method being used and that's uh, where they're smuggling stuff in in containers and we've had two of those in Cork Uh, we had one earlier this year there was four million worth of cocaine uh, in a uh, that's a crack squad of sniffer dogs isn't it that's crack dog of sniffer dogs yeah the uh, customs guys and the Garden National Drugs Unit uh, fruit boat banana boat coming into Ringskiddy there was a, a container with coming from uh, Ecuador I think and I'm just looking at the figures here 55 kilos of cocaine which is sizable but compared to what you were getting back in Dunlop Bay like it's it's diddly that was worth 3.85 million that was in April of this year and then go back to February 21 there was 172 kilo, kilos of cocaine, street value of 12 million, similar operation, a boat, a container in a boat coming in from uh, South America into Ringskiddy. That, I presume, those consignments would be destined for the Irish market, I would think, given the size. I know, I know. Isn't uh, it just depressing, but it's, the volume? It's a huge, it's a huge amount. But um, Donegal is, they, they, like, Cork has had the bulk of them, one in Kerry, and I think there was one off um, Money Point as well in, in County Clare. But Donegal is further north than uh, usual for these yeah. things. But, uh, yeah. you know, the method is you attach it to a boy, you drop it in the water, and then sometime later a local boat comes out, as it were, to uh, collect. That's the, the MO. But given the number of... I mean, if you just look at Operation Tower, the Guard Operation in Dublin, the number of seizures of cocaine in, and other drugs, though, as well, around there. Obviously... It's, it's getting into the country if it's being seized in various warehouses and things like that in Dublin. So, and the other one, of course, is Rosslair. There's been some big seizures in Rosslair as well uh, coming in. There was a, there was consignment. I don't have the figures here in front of me, but two Eastern European guys with this in the roof of our box, I think, coming in in the last week or two. So there's, you know, there's obviously a demand for it, and that's the, that's what's driving. Unfortunately, us. and the demand is just getting greater. That's very very strong research this morning, Barry. Thanks so much for taking the call. We're up to date on an awful lot of the historical um, seizures on the Cork Coast. Barry Rhodes, Southern Correspondent with the Irish Times. I did read an article there some time ago, actually, was talking about they are so uh, organised, these dealers and distributors, certainly between South America and North America. To get them into Miami, apparently, I was reading, um, you know, they can get as close as they can up in the, you know, northeastern area of South America and they and they can load the um, bales of cocaine or whatever it is, usually it is cocaine or heroin, into submarines. They have their own private submarines and they literally do it underwater. Text 0868104106 back after the break. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 0868104106. Red FM. Uh, the irony isn't lost on me with a short video that was sent to me this morning from a resident of Noonan's Road where they video off their uh, very dodgy looking balcony that council staff are preparing for the executive walkabout in Noonan's Road on Monday and the council staff are there. There's many, many uh, trucks and vans and open back fa- uh, vans and trucks with lots of council staff uh, doing work. It's a bit like, um, you know, cleaning up a hospital and moving people on trolleys ahead of, say, for instance, uh, a senior politician's visit to a hospital where everything smells of 
sanit- smell, smells sanitized or smells of fresh paint. Same kind of thing is going on. I think that's awful. I think that they should not do this. It should be left as it is. So council executives from the city manager down and indeed council officials and councillors get to see it as it really is rather than, and, and I'm just interpreting, I'm only interpreting this this way, that they're doing the work now to make it look better before the visit, the official visit on Monday. Uh, that makes my blood boil. I mean, people should be very annoyed about that. Uh, but anyway, it's a free food Friday, courtesy of ourselves and Roosters Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. So if you want to win uh, Roosters Piri Piri that will feed between 15 of, or t- fifteen to 20 of you at your place of work, then you need to text or WhatsApp who you are, where you are and why you think you deserve it. So tell us your details. Text who you are and where you are to 86 I'll tell you all about the food a little later on. There'll be plenty of it. Delicious roosters, piri-piri food. And we'll do the shout-outs. Uh, we'll start the shout-outs around about 20 past 10 this morning. So text who you are and where you are to 86 104-106. With regards to the um, uh, re- going into receivership of Cabana Lifestyle, um, I still continue to get texts and uh, emails from people who have lost money. Uh, one person said, at, a, at the latest, I had a very bad experience with the Cabana. They built a garden room in our back garden. There were lots of delays and promises of people showing up to finish it. Two weeks after it was completed, it began to leak in numerous areas. I emailed, called them numerous times, After a number of, let me call, heated debates, they came up with a solution to repair the garden room. But we'd have to pay for the materials for the repair at a cost of two grand. They repaired it, inverted commas, by building another room around it. When they finished, we we told them to get out and to sue us for the €2,000 if they wanted it. We felt, because of all the hassle, broken promises and lost time at work, that we had earned that amount at least I can tell you that we never heard from them again. So there's that story and lots more besides. And we are talking about tens and tens of thousands of euro that it seems people have lost in deposits. Karina, good morning. Good morning. Um, I don't know how that makes you feel or all of the different stories you've been hearing me reading out or talking to people over the last couple of days. But what happened with you? Well, um, how do, does it make me feel? It's an enormous feeling of injustice, of course. Obviously. And uh, yeah. what happened, uh, in 2019, I paid a deposit to Cabana for getting a little uh, pod house for the, for the garden. And a pod house? A pod house, yeah, it's P-O-D. Yeah. It's a little thing around uh, structure. Um, and it looked very, very cute, very attractive. And this place was beautiful. How much? Uh, I think it was, uh, I paid 2,700 and I think it was 50% from the actual cost. Yeah, the so 50% deposit, me. yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, 50% deposit. And so basically, then uh, we, we had, uh, we went into um, COVID uh, pandemic situation. They blamed pandemic, they couldn't deliver anything. And I was waiting patiently and then I started negotiating in 2021. Uh, delivery of the product which was never delivered so eventually I had to involve solicitor and then I had to involve another solicitor so they never they never basically paid money back uh, even they made many promises uh, I was in correspondence with them constantly and unfortunately I actually just found yesterday how many reviews were left negative reviews about this company on Trustpilot I left my own review um, my feeling is that probably 
the victims of this fraud have to come together. Well, I know about using the the word fraud. Um, it wasn't it wasn't delivered. I get you when you say that the work wasn't done. You went to a solicitor. You never got the deposit back. No. Okay. And um, no. The, and and why 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 didn't that solicitor end up taking them to court? Uh, we we actually were in the process of taking them to the court. Uh, they were giving number of notices. Uh, I think there are like many steps process. And uh, by the time when they were prepared, uh, or maybe they uh, obviously submitted the papers to the court, um, the the company announced that uh, they got a receiver. And oh, they got the so it's still an active court case, but now that it's it gone is, into yeah. the hands of a receiver, that's yes. gone. That's gone. Yeah. So do you have to pay your solicitor now, Olive, for the time and effort? I already did about 600 euro, yeah, on top of, yeah, my lot. Oh, my God. I, That's I shocking. Already did. Yeah. Well, one thing, uh, my feeling is that... Um, uh, we're not very well protected by the law. That's that's my honest feeling. And um, I think because the company continued taking deposits, knowing that they're not going to fulfill their promises. We don't know. Well, we don't know that for sure as to whether they continued to take on new business, knowing they were in trouble. We just don't uh, not, know. Not business deposits from other people. They they continue to take deposits in 2021, 22. Uh, I don't know if it was if it was the case in 23. But all the complaints which were left uh, in those reviews, uh, th- those were basically the deposits were made much later so they continue to take money from people and well i can understand why you'd feel aggrieved and angry i mean it's an awful lot of money 3000 euro plus the 600 to the solicitor and to be honest there's no hope of getting that back yes but do do you um do you see or would you agree with me if i say that it's actually a criminal act no, it wouldn't be. No, no, no. They, they, they no, and I don't think you'd ever get a solicitor to agree with it being that. No, it's not. Um, un- unfortunately, it's in the it's the world of commerce, you know, and and companies do go bust or do go into receivership, and unfortunately, the customer is way down the pecking order of importance when it comes to getting money back. Um, but. I mean, like, can I just park the whole cabana story and tell you, if, if it was a company that knew that they were in trouble, and I'm not talking about them at all, right, but this might, mm-hmm. this might yeah. be an answer to your question. And say a company, and it was able to be proven uh, that they were struggling and that they really and truly were going to collapse, but kept on taking money and kept on trading and kept on going, that would be called reckless trading. And, and that, is, that is an offence. Not quite sure what act it would come under, but reckless trading is 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 an offence uh, to continue to do what you're doing, knowing that you're in big trouble. Do you know what I mean? But that that would I be do. that would be need to be proven. I understand, but where does it leave the clients? So we with a very bad them. taste in their mouth because some are out a lot more than unfortunately your three thousand six hundred. Saw somebody who's owed eighteen grand in a deposit, which exactly yeah. a life savings. Yeah, as somebody was claiming, they put life savings, and it's actually a fact. It's not only affects our financial side, it affects uh, human health if you... Oh, the stress you, and the anxiety and the worry course, over it. Yes. And, and if it is someone's life savings and they wanted to do something nice as they were getting on a bit in life, you know, to do up the garden or to make it beautiful so they could spend more time in it, and they invest their life savings in it, now they're left with nothing. Yeah. I know. 
I know. Yeah. I know. So where, where? Well, my idea was I was I was I don't know if you allow me to make this announcement. I I set a Gmail account. Uh, it's called cabanafraud at gmail dot com. If anybody is willing to uh, contact me, maybe um, we okay. should meet uh, as a group. Uh, I don't know. If I, I, I can I can I can allow people to do that, but I can't repeat the word of the email that you've just given because um, it's a very strong word to use against somebody know, who's going through the, well, the, the proper channels of. <laughs> oh, I understand you're looking for justice. Absolutely. Um, but jo- I tell you what you do. Join the other WhatsApp group where all of the other people who have been left um, without deposits back. Yes, I, I heard about that group, but yeah. I don't know how to join Okay, it. I'm going to put you back on hold and give you the details okay. of that, all right? Because there's power in numbers. Thanks, Karina. We're back after 10. Now... Show, Red FM. On a free food Friday with Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. So whatever you do, text who you are and where you are to win. Text 0868104106 and we'll start the first bunch of shout-outs in about 15 minutes' time. Just a little bit of housekeeping because there's a lot of uh, fabulous activity happening on Side. Got uh, contacted on my own Instagram page from um, some good people who have an event coming up soon. They said we're loyal listeners to your show and we know that you cycle a bit. I do, but I'm a cycling cheat on an electric bike. Maybe you could mention our annual Cork Cycling Festival. Uh, This year's festival is going between the 27th and the 30th of July. It's organised by a volunteer group and it's free to the public. We're having a launch. Um, The launch is today at the Marina Market and they go from Marina Market to the Passage West Craft Market on their rohers at half past five. Uh, and I want to give him a shout out morning to Judith and everybody at the Cork Cycling Festival Committee so good luck with that come back to me in the middle of next week and we'll give him another shout out because the event actually is next weekend and then Hayley Ryan got in touch I hope you don't mind me getting in touch but a good friend of mine has reached out to ask if you would be able to promote an upcoming charity event in aid of Marymount Hospice it's a charity soccer game between ex-Premier League players and a Cork 11 and it's being played at 2pm this Sunday I believe it's in Musgrave Park. It'd be great to let people know about it because it's for a great cause. And they mentioned that as part of the promotion, it would be great if you could give away a few tickets on air. Maybe they've got about 10 to 15 to give out. Um, anyway, I don't know about the giveaway. Perhaps we might give away some of the tickets before midday today. But it is a Premier League All-Star charity match. Tickets are €15 Euro for adults and €5 Euro for under-16s. They're available on Eventbrite. The match is at Musgrave Park this Sunday at 2 p.m. Uh, I see some of the names coming in include Peter Peter Beardsley, Stevie Howie, Steve Howie, Phil Bardsley, uh, and lots more like that. Uh, and it's this Sunday, Musgrave Park. Tickets are available on Eventbrite. And good luck with all of that and all of the proceeds going to Marymount. Uh, text 0868104106. We've got calls on the way. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818104106. Red FM. Game on Sunday at Musgrave Park. You can also pick up tickets at O'Connell's Butchers and the Lock. So good luck to all concerned. A lot of texts coming in. Uh, that US tourist that was... Uh, Badly beaten and will probably lose an eye on Talbot Street. The Minister for Justice needs to resign. She's the worst justice minister ever. She hasn't a clue what she's doing. Morale in the force is at rock bottom, with Gardy leaving left, right and centre because their families are now at threat from these thugs as well. Fine Gael say that the party of law and order, they've lost the confidence of the public. They've lost the confidence of the Gardy. It's time for Helen McEntee to go. Uh, somebody else says, is it any wonder we have feral yobs roaming our streets when we have a woke justice minister? 
uh, says Paddy. So a lot of texts like that and lots more besides. On compensation, I told you about the $800,000 that that's being paid out. A four-year-old child got burnt on the leg by a chicken McNugget. Uh, and gets 800 grand for it. Uh, somebody says, a 15-year-old camogie player was left with a scar on her leg after being struck by an untaped hurley and was awarded 40 grand in damages, Neil. And somebody else says, I had a workplace injury four and a half years ago and I herniated a disc. That's seriously painful. Um, in my back, resulting in an operation. I was pressurised into settling on the steps of the court for €40,000. I feel very hard done by the solicitors on both sides. Can't come on air as it was only settled this week. I can imagine why you would feel hard done by um, because it was a workplace injury and one would think that you will be living with considerable pain for the rest of your life. I don't mean to add any more misery to the situation you'll find yourself in with the pain uh, but some would suggest there may be forty grand, and I think you believe that forty grand was way too low. Uh, I said it before, and I'll say it again: we need to change the law. If teenagers from the age of thirteen to sixty to eighteen commit a crime, they should be registered. As soon as they turn eighteen, they should be brought into court and charged. Teenagers know nothing will happen to them, and they're laughing at all the victims of their crimes. Simple solution: as soon as they turn eighteen, charge them for all the crimes they committed as teenagers. Then and only then will things change. So I have a lot on that, actually. I see people responding to um, certainly the events on Talbot Street in Dublin. But it shouldn't take a tourist, actually. And and anyway, nothing will change. It's not as if it's going to get tough and all of a sudden we'll have 10,000 more members of the Gardaí and bigger prisons and faster court appearances. Because that's what we want, isn't it? Faster turnarounds in court. More people uh, being hauled into court and being sent to jail for crimes against others. Really, it's it's kind of that simple. And pay the Gardaí properly. So they're not even looking over their shoulders wondering are they going to be prosecuted by GSOC. It's just completely broken. It's a very sinister world, very sinister country. Text 0868104106. Can I just mention actually a video that was sent to me of council workers up in Noonan's Road doing work apparently ahead of Monday's walkabout. Um, this is me rolling my eyes to heaven. But Jackie, good morning. Hello, uh, Jackie's, good morning. Jackie's a resident of the Noonan's Road area and part of the association. Can you can you can you tell me is there is there preparatory work being done in advance of the official visit? Uh, well, it's I've never seen so many workers out there doing so much. There were they were up here yesterday. They were actually cutting grass over this side of the road. They were weeding along the sides of the pavements. Then now there's two big lorries, two or three big lorries. One at the square, Finbar's uh, Road Square. There's another two at the end of um, Noonan's Road. And they're now just clearing all the fronts and making everything look as, I suppose, as respectable as you can do. But, I mean, it's, I mean, you can't... Oh, what, what was it I said this morning to somebody? You can't make a silk purse out of a sow's ear. No, and of course there's much more substantial work needs doing, including the possibility of knocking them, rehousing yeah. you guys for a while and putting you back in. But how does it make you feel? This is like tidying up the trolleys in a hospital ahead of a politician. How does it make you feel to see them well, doing it's actually, this? It's actually sickening. It's sickening. When I see all of this going on now, it's sickening to me that we've been left for, what, 20 odd years and now all of a sudden, because we're getting like a like a raw visit, everybody's up here trying to do something, and it's making no difference to us anyway. 
Your pawn's in a so, game here, Jackie. Your pawn's in a game. There's people that's working. That's there's, true. there's people working there now, so that the suits that come along on Monday will see that it's not as bad as it really is because it's been tidied <laughs> up ahead of the visit. Yeah, well, uh, I'm just hoping I've got a few people here that have got some nice videos if they, if, we, if we can to show them because I was even my next door neighbour's children were taking videos yesterday out their back window of about five or six rats that were running up and down the walls out in their garden. So I hope that they can see something like that. If they wanted, uh, I, I, would they want to come and live up here like this? I don't think so. No, no, and, and I'm not taking for that for one minute, and I don't mean to overly dwell on the point of preparatory work being done ahead of an official visit. It's just so frustrating when I hear of this happening. It but means it, it means it, that... I think it's awful. Yeah, it, it means that it's not being taken seriously enough. No, not at know. all. No. Not at all. It, and thanks, thanks for talking to us anyway. Thank you for having and, and putting us on and making it known about it. So Thank Monday, you. what happens Monday? What happens? Uh, I don't know. Everyone uh, meets on Noonan's Road. They're, they're, they're coming up here at 8 o'clock. Some delegation from City Hall. And, and I mean, I know William O'Brien started all this off for us. Thank God for him. He will be there as well. And they're supposed to be talking to some of the residents. And I don't know. I don't know exactly what's going okay. to happen. I have, I have an idea as to what happens. Council executives, whomever that will be, will walk Noonan's Road and Finbar, St. Finbar's Road at 8 p.m. on Monday. Um, and they will meet um, only four residents. They will meet four residents at their homes. Four, yeah. uh, and they, the re- executives will walk to meet uh, two residents in their homes then in St. Finbar's Road. They may go for yeah. refreshments to the Gallows Bar, and will be, and then um, you know we'll, we'll see what yeah. happens. That's as much as I know. Eight p.m. on Monday. Yeah, you. I, I just want to give an alert to people here, just ahead of this, uh, if if I can find it, um, because I was sent some video. You referenced um, rats, big rats, right? Yeah. Okay. Who who found those recently up there? Who found them? You, you said was you it in don't the back? Need to look for them. They're there. Sorry, I shouldn't have put it that way. Was it was it in a back garden? They're, they're in all the back gardens, yes. Okay, okay. Uh, I sent uh, a video clip a few days ago of somebody who went out and got one of those metal rat traps. Do you know them? Right. Okay. And just a listener alert, I'm going to play a little bit of audio from this. These rats are huge. You'd agree with me? They're huge. And it goes on and on. I know some people might yeah. find that disturbing. That you're probably well used to that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't even. I don't even go out my back. My back is now overgrown because I will not go out my back anymore. I can't put washing out. I can't go out my back at all. So, will these will council will these council executives go into people's back gardens? I haven't a clue. I don't know. I hope so. With the threat of rats in the gardens, do you think they'll go in there? But I mean, if there's rats out there, they're not going to go out there, are they? I wouldn't they? think so. I wouldn't think so. No. But, but I have the video evidence of them where people are so, so distracted from them and just yeah, fed I'm up de- them. Yeah, I'm delighted you do. Yeah, that they have got rat traps. What they do with the... I mean, if it were me, I would take the rat trap with the two rats in it and put it down on the steps <laughs> of City Hall myself. 
Yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Listen, we'll we'll see what happens on Monday. Uh, do stay in touch, Jackie. Thanks for taking the call. Okay. Thank All you very best. much. Take care. They also tell me there's not weed uh, in in some of the areas adjacent to the houses and in the gardens as well, as if things weren't bad enough for the rats. You can't get worse than rats, though. You you really can't, uh, unless you're living in a property where you share a sewage system with three or four other houses and your garden area, which um, was quite large and in the case of Rosaline uh, some of it was uh, concreted and tarmacked over because she just had such a beautiful big garden but often of course, I was talking to her earlier in the week it's just absolutely um, uh, flooded with human sewage and waste just a fast update on this, Rosaline good morning Good morning, Hello. Thank good. you very much. It's not phone lines aren't great this morning, so just move or, move around a little bit. Uh, we are talking we, we're talking about your own lovely home in Greenmount. So have you an update That's with regards me. to all of the sewage? I have me. I got I received a letter this morning from Cox City Council. Obviously I nobody uh, it says on the letter, you know, if I have any queries to contact my relevant housing officer. But he was meant to actually contact me on Tuesday. Yeah, you're, you're, a te- you're a tenant to Cork City Council, but not, I'm a tenant to Cork City Council. Not when it comes to the wastewater and sewage system, however. No, I don't understand that. You see, either they either they're landlords for all of it, or they're landlords for none of it. But the point, you know, what I can't understand, they're saying here, you know, it's in your tenancy. But up to me, when they when they came out, Cork City Council, the man from Cork City Council told me that they had got notice to stop two weeks previous to that from doing clearing the drains. Right, for the past four or five years, they've been coming up with no issue. Right, when when there was a blockage, oh, well, Dynarod are doing it and billing the corporation. But this was before. This was before Dynarod. The corporation, these two lads from the corporation, come out and do it. But then, since Dynarod got involved with it, it seems to have stopped. Okay, but every time Dynarod went out to do it for them, it was three hundred and odd euro, wasn't it? Well, that's what the lad told me that morning that that it yeah. would have cost me three hundred. So what have they? What have they said to you this morning then? Um, please note on the 17th of May that there was no defect found um, any further, further blockages fall within the remit of tenant responsibility. Uh, oh, well, sorry, Neil, um, just to make it short with you. Uh, however, it was found that a large amount of grease material was present in the sewer, which was cleared on the day. If the sewer is blocked, a shared, it is the shared homeowner's occupant's tenant's responsibility to cooperate and unblock. Okay, but you're not or, you're not pouring oil or grease down the taps or anything, are you? Are you are you spraying? Are you spray oil? You don't do the oil. All right. So, some, oil, but so, so somebody is. But there is, but sure. You know, again, it's like if in respect to me, which is a horrible subject to be discussing. Just like on the last occasion, when all the soils was coming up from the toilet and out the back. I don't have no control of what the other two terraces are putting no, down. No, and you're sharing the system with the other two terraces, but it's coming up in your garden, all of the human waste and poo yes. and feces and your And there's rain forecasted tonight, Neil. So here we go again. And will it be the same in the morning? It's quite possible. If it's, if it's very heavy rain, it's quite possible. So the, the, the council is saying it's not their fault, it's the fault of the other tenants. Yeah, so... If that's the case, so if that's the case, so they, do they want me to go along with a collection box to the houses and ask to pay for the? I don't know anybody. Need I? You know, I'm a very private person, and I slew people and I come and go. But as regards, do I know the second tower? No, you can't hell. go around to all of the neighbours up around there and tell them stop pouring grease and and, and oil down. And the I pay, like, 
And I'm paying them rigorously every week. But yes, it's okay for me now to contact the Reverend's house officer. But yes, he was the person that was meant to return the call to me on Tuesday, which so I never received. I know. So if the sewers block, it's the shared owner's or occupants or tenants' responsibility to unblock it. Yes. Shared homeowners, occupants, tenants. tenants so have they to said cooperate. to you that they're going to get in touch with any of the other tenants? Well, that's the argument I had the last time. I said, well, are the other tenants going to be notified, you know, of the situation? Well, maybe. maybe no, that's not good enough. They're your landlord. They should be telling the other tenants as well what's going on because it's ending up in your property, the human waste. Not theirs. You're the, the consequences of all this result in you having to live with it. No, exactly. Exactly. Somebody understands the situation. But you know, Neil, you're dealing with Cox City Council, and I have no problem saying this. I went down there six months ago. I had to hand in a note in there. I sat there. I was the only person in the, in the building at the time. There were six people. I called them, passed me in now with cups of tea in their hand, and it was like if I was invisible. Cups of tea I in their the hand? Yeah, I could press it. Were there at lunchtime, maybe? Neil, it was just gone 10 o'clock when they were supposed to be opened. It was like if I was invisible. And you sat there and sat there. I sat there and I left. You didn't see many people working, is that what you're saying? They could have have asked me, are you okay? Are you waiting for something? They saw me sitting there. I was the only person sitting there. I just thought to myself, oh my God. The less I have to deal with these people, how little did I know that I'd be in the situation I am today? I know, I know. I don't know what to tell you. I just don't know what to say. Uh, I don't know what well, you do next. I'll, it's all the one because I'll tell you here right now and it's on the radio. If I have to continue to unblock these shows, I just won't pay my rent at the cost of what it's going to cost you me. You can't pay down the rods 100 euro every I can't time. do both. No. Exactly, I can't do both. So should, we, so, so should we be calling out, I don't want to be doing this though, the exact terraces that we're talking about and asking them well, people to, to try harder? You can, you know, because the people, are, like I spoke to one lady that lives up the terrace, you know, that would be joined in Townsend. And she said, that's right, but she said, this is going on for years, well, that house has fierce problems for years. Which house? My house. Really, before you, is it? Before I moved in there. Same stuff, same problem. Same stuff, same problem. Neil, the house across the way, which would be corner house as well. That girl told me just they had what a lot of arguing and fighting. They had to come out and dig up and change her piping. She needs those piping for three years old. Well, you know, you know what? Somebody says, here's what you should do, right? And somebody did this in the past. She said, ring them. Tell them you've given them two days to sort it out or you will have concrete poured down the sewer. Neil, I told them to I told I told them on the phone on Monday when I rang. I said, look, I said, I'll tell you how I know. I said, if there's nothing done and I have to do this myself, I said, I'm going to pour concrete down those shows and I don't care about you. She said, I'm forwarding this uh, for a, 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 a logging this, she said, for a call back from your housing officer and it's abusive call. It's a what? Abusive call. An abusive call? Yeah, because I raised my voice. You're not a robot, you know what I mean? You're an emotional human being that's upset. No wonder you might raise your voice a little bit. But if it's your your problem, right, then you come up with the solution. And the solution could be pouring concrete down it, blocking it, 
So it goes somewhere else and is no longer your problem. But you know something? I, before, uh, before you took the call this morning, I appreciate it very much, Neil. And it said, contact the relevant house officer. And I will do that. Okay. And I will tell him that if a man is killed, I will kill him. All right. Let me, know and, how, let me know how that goes, will you? I will, of course, Neil. And thank you so much Not for everything. Stay in touch. We'll I will, of course, Neil. Thanks a million. Thanks, Rosaline. Take care. All thank the best. You. Anybody else got thoughts or advice? Text 0868104106. Why should she have to live with the consequence? Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818 Cork's Red FM. Uh, just a little bit more on that uh, Talbot Street attack in Dublin. And I know it is Dublin, but of course, um, you know, we have our own issues here in Cork as well. When you, when you, when you look at the backstories, there's about 20 local youths, for want of a better term, apparently have been going around assaulting people all summer in and around Dublin city centre and that Talbot Street area. Um, they're all un- unprovoked and they're literally roaming the streets looking to start fights with innocent people and they're totally out of control. Now, while the Justice Minister says we're going to get tough on this, I've been hearing that kind of talk for, for decades, but nothing gets done, of course, if you had thousands and thousands of well-paid and happy guardy on our streets and a criminal justice system that actually worked where people were punished it might make a difference. When somebody says to me, can I tell you about the Middleton Fight Club? Not sure if you're aware that there is yet another shocking video of an organised bare fist brawl during the rounds online. The fight attended by crowds and the video I've sent you runs for over three minutes. It was filmed at the Cork Road Bridge in Middleton yesterday, not very far from the Garda station. There was also a court sitting at the time. Not that that would deter them. They don't care about that. Untouchables. A similar fight took place on Pilmore Strand near Yall last July. There was upwards of 20 people watching the fight yesterday. Many were teenagers, but there was also a number of adults encouraging them and failing um, to even attempt to stop them. It's beyond belief, as in they didn't even try. There was no altercation from Gardaí, from what I, or interaction, I should say, from what I could see. Can I say, Neil, this will keep happening until heads get cracked with batons and that becomes the norm? The video should be handed in to the desk sergeant and just asked why this happened on his watch in broad daylight. We contacted Garda Press regarding this fight. I saw it actually, broad daylight, um, went on and on, just big brawl. And uh, they say nothing in relation to this matter crossed our desks here and there is nothing on the system at this time. So it hasn't been registered or indeed that would indicate that maybe nobody even called it in. Text 0868104106. It's a free food Friday and your opportunity to get fed 15 to 20 of you, courtesy of ourselves in Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. Everybody loves Friday. Someone's going to love it even more when they get chicken wings, chicken skewers and beef skewers. The main events include chicken wraps, chicken pittas and the most delicious beef burgers. A selection of different ones basted in the famous medium piri sauce. And they also throw in the salted fries, the piri salted fries, the rice and the waffle fries. Then you build your own cheesecake with loads of different toppings that you can put on the cheesecake yourself. If you're getting some food at the weekend, think about roosterspiripiri.com at Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. So um, hi to everybody at Shipping Solutions. Andrea and the staff doing Trojan work all year. would love to start the weekend with a feast. They're listening at Pat McDonald's Paints on the Commons Road. GRP Roofing Supplies in Tremor Commercial Park. Bardsley Development in Co. Uh, everybody at Tails and Tubbs Dog Grooming in Douglas Woolen Mills. The complete upholstery and foam services on Barry Street. Ready Mix Trucks in Granada. RPC Specialist Haulage Company. Orchid Centre in the CUH. Tidy Mechanical Repairs are listening in Ballycoreen. Uh, Karen and all of the, her 
colleagues at the pharmacy department of the South Infirmary Victoria. They just love chicken. Topman Barbers and Ballancolic, Glanmire Industrial Estate is the home of BMD Engineering. Urban Retreat Hair Salon on Broderick Street in Middleton. Morning to Amy and Sarah. They would share it with their customers. Honey Browns Hair and Ballancolic are listening. They just love food. Everybody at In for Lunch on McCurtain Street. Morning to everybody. It's Charlene's last day. Uh, Sports Gear Direct on the Tremor Road. They had a good week. They'd like to top it off with a hearty feed. The service staff at Maham Point could do with some freed food. Pick me up. All the guys at the customer service desk, housekeeping and security doing Trojan work at Maham Point. Morning to Marina and all of the staff. The electricians at EMH Technical Services who are working at the moment on the River Lee Hotel. Bark Park in Ballinahina are listening. Doyle Shipping Group in Cove. Uh, they plan on winning the 100 grand cash machine later. So it would get, uh, they'd like a solid meal before the celebrations. <laughs> I love your optimism. Doyle Shipping. ML Scaffolding are listening as well. And they're working on the Mernan and O'Shea site in Ballancolic. So we'll do another bunch of shout-outs in about a half an hour's time. So text who you are and where you are to 0868-104-106 and we'll pick it up then. So to yesterday, um, and there was a huge build-up, of course. Someone let the air out of the balloon the minute that the penalty went in. Um, it was an awful shame that something like that would happen in the box. And of course, uh, a nil-nil draw would have been fine. We got a point out of it. But unfortunately, a one-nil loss means that we have zero and two games, two games to go. Uh, what are the chances, uh, Kevin, against Nigeria and Canada? Well, um, actually, the chances even for qualifying took a bit of a boost this morning with the news that Canada have drawn with Nigeria I think everyone was pretty much expecting a Canadian win in that one which would have meant Canada and Australia would have had three points okay. and Ireland and Nigeria would have had none but as it stands now the Australians have three so if they beat the Canadians then it's kind of a straight shootout now you can still Ireland can still go through with the draw and a win if they can draw against Canada, draw against Canada and beat Nigeria and beat could Nigeria. we beat Nigeria uh, yeah, it's uh, the the feeling in the group is that the Ni- the Nigerians are the most beatable team. That's the, the that's the what's the diplomatic way of saying the so worst. So the odds team. are the odds are longer on them, are they? The odds are the odds are longer on them. I suppose the feeling is if Ireland can get a draw against Canada and then they can beat Nigeria, they have a very good chance. When's the Canadian the game? Some uh, the, the next Canadian week? game is on Wednesday. Yeah, okay. Uh, next Wednesday, so they have a while to think about it. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, um, Ireland are playing Canada next. It's it's going to be a very difficult game. Like uh, Canada and USA are always very strong teams. North American soccer you know the, the women's soccer there is really strong so I suppose the hope is that uh, they can regroup themselves but like anybody who watched the game wasn't the greatest game of football I think it's fair to say but like the last 10 minutes last 15 minutes showed that when Ireland kind of get the nerves out of their system and they can push forward it's a free kick there at the end where Ireland nearly equalised nearly equalised there was a corner that came in as well that the keeper kind of flapped at but um, look it was just it was, I felt very um, disappointed like it was it was a silly penalty to give away but She's she's heartbroken. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, she was literally in bits on the bench. You could see it during the thing, which is just terrible. And I wonder if that the fact w- that she was w- taken off then. Maybe I, but I wonder is that the reason why she was taken off? Like, I mean, Vera Powell would kind of see, you know, you'd, you'd see how you would feel after a mistake like that, and you know, sometimes your confidence can be was so it a shot. Blat- was it a blatant push? Uh, was it was a penalty? Like it was a penalty. It was it was. People would say it was a soft penalty, but it is a penalty. Like it's she put her hands. Would there have been a goal if she hadn't been pushed? That doesn't really matter. It was a foul within the box. Like she pushed her in the back, going for a ball, and they were. I hate saying that because that shouldn't be happening. It's just, it's just one of the like. Look, it's sport, um, and it's one of those games that you always got a sense that because it was so tight and so tense. 
it would have been a mistake it's really that was going to probably decide the moment, it yeah, and make a mistake like that so to yesterday back to the woolshed what yeah. was the uh, just intro this bit because now you got some audio yeah, is this, this half time no this game? was full time um, and you would have heard us speaking to uh, Nula uh, Denise's mom before the game but she was saying she was uh, nervous very nervous but she had every faith that Denise would be able to do it um, and look I know we've been speaking a lot about Denise because of the the, the woolshed but obviously Megan Connolly as well and Douglas was involved played the whole 90 minutes was very played a put in a great shift so um, yeah I was down there and uh, this is just afterwards obviously there was disappointment but a real sense of kind of looked a bit of optimism as well ahead of the, the next game on Wednesday OK talking first with Sinead's mom Nula right Here we uh, with Denise's so, mom yeah. Denise's mom sorry nervous Denise. beforehand but how do you feel now yes, they played fabulous yeah. they played brilliant like the whole Arizona you know what I mean like um, that's the way it goes I suppose with soccer now. fantastic yeah and you got a good seizure right up the front yeah, I did Joe. I had to get the front like. so now um, just before I let you go next couple of days what's the plan are you going to uh, recharge the batteries have you anything planned yeah, now for the next couple of days yeah. Um, the 26th now is in Murphy's Rock. Brilliant. Yeah. So we'll be all going up there to Murphy's Rock. And hope again. again. Hope, hope again. Hope again. Yeah. <laughs> We're hopeful. They're going to do it. Did they have another two matches to play? And do you know what? They deserve to get a goal in this one. They played fantastic, yeah. didn't they? Really, you know, they gave it the wrong. Well, Denise, Denise probably needs this injury, you know, to, to, to make her go forward and to make her stronger as a person. Yeah. She's a great girl. She's been doing it all her life since she's a baby. And we have every bit of faith in her that she will bring this Every struggle. bit of faith in all of them. Well, we, she totally didn't play like she had an injury. She was in the middle of everything. She wasn't she? Yeah, exactly. I'm She's on fire. Exactly. She is on fire. <laughs> and he will be next week? Yeah. We don't. And uh, how do you know Denise? Uh, she's my sister-in-law. She's our sister-in-law, yeah. brilliant. So are you married into the O'Sullivan's? I'm married, yeah. I'm a, I'm a blow-in, as they call it. So, <laughs> you know, you know, so uh, I've been married uh, to Melissa for nearly 17, 18 years now. Right. So, so you've, you've seen Denise from when she oh, was yeah, like... Yeah, she was, she was, we've taken Denise on all our holidays growing up and everything like that. She was uh, she was on my honeymoon. <laughs> she was on your honeymoon? She was on her honeymoon with us. Um, <laughs> when Melissa got married, we an eldest son. Keen, he lives in Spain actually, yeah. and uh, Keen and her, there's a couple of years between them, so oh. we brought Denise just as now as a bit of company for Keen, as they say at the time. <laughs> so we watched her from Blossom, from Throat, like, and uh, she's been fantastic. I think she's um, a stalwart of the, the Cork, anyway, like, and for the community and everything else. Yeah. So now I think uh, a lot of girls would pride themselves in going up like her. Uh, I'm Wayne Hills and Darren. And how do you know Denise? Uh, she's her cousin, first, her first cousin. So what did you make? 
make this certainly didn't seem like she had an injury anyway. Uh, she played very well. Very yeah. well, very proud of her. We are all, we're all very proud of her. Um, they were unlucky, they should have got a draw at least. Yeah. Yeah, and they had a couple of chances at the end as well. Chances at the end, but sure, if we move on to Canada and we'll see what happens. Absolutely, it's two games left, plenty of time left for Dorman. Plenty of time see, left. Every team has won a fair loss coming into this game. After, while, after that game, yeah. Denise, they need to get Denise on the ball more and yeah. she'll win us again. She'll pull them. So how do you feel now afterwards? Oh, great. Very proud. Look, yeah. we know we're very proud, but we need to get her on the ball more. She can win us the game. Yeah. We need yeah. to get her on the ball more. Look, a penalty, soft penalty. Nil all draw, we look at it. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't well, no, uh, but in Legend. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get all scared us, so coming into the next one. Yeah. So we'll be at the lot. And they probably probably the best team in the group, the Aussies as well. So no, all of them are the best. I just finally, like I suppose, look, it doesn't matter what happens now. She's officially, she's now played in the World Cup. She's part of the first ever Irish women's team. We must be so proud of that exactly. fact. Exactly, as a family, the whole lot was very, very proud. Very proud, very proud. She's done us all very well. You can see the crowd. You can see us all here. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. It was tense now through the whole game, to be fair. It was. It was, you know, it was a good game. Parts of it, they obviously could have played better. But she bet this is the World Cup. They're not going to play 100%. They make mistakes. They're going to learn as they go along. It's going to they're in the World Cup itself well like I said she's now officially like in the she started for Ireland in their first ever Women's World Cup game I mean what an achievement unbelievable achievement you know win lose they're still in the World Cup it's fantastic and two more games to go two more games to come so we'll keep going yeah there's a huge gang isn't there yeah there's a great gang of us and look you know look there's there's always towing and throwing and a good banter between all of us you know like you know the whole extended family and everything else I said look there's nearly 70 of us there in total between cousins and all that so it's great it's brilliant. I think they showed a lot of endeavour today, and like they didn't, they didn't flinch from the challenge, which I thought was great. And I think once they pushed up in the second half, they looked, they looked a different team. Like so, you know, they have options for the second game, right? It's a different kettle of fish now with Canada. Canada have a really good side, so that'll offer a different challenge. But I think you know they've been out there now. Like the nerves might be gone a bit after the first game, so they can get down and play a bit. I think so. A win and a draw, like if you get a win and a draw, they're out of the group. Yeah. So you know That's it's not beyond the but there's a possibility, right? Like if they get a win, it can be a kind of momentous thing. Like I can remember when Paki Bonner stayed against Romania. I think I was about ten or eleven at the time, maybe ten. And uh, we were inside town that night, and the, the examiner office were giving out free T-shirts to Paki Bonner, saving the goal. And town was a romp with people dancing in the fountain and everything. Like that. So like that's that's the type of vibe that you wanna you wanna instill back in the community. And you know, God knows we need it after COVID and everything else that we've been through the last couple of years. So it'd be great. Like you know. next week will be bigger <laughs> again. Which, do you know what? Bring it on. When does this happen? Yeah. Once in a lifetime. So might as well enjoy it. Bring it on. Getting behind the girls in green. One of the chaps there yesterday or in the box from yesterday was talking about Italia 90 and the penalties who'd forget the penalties oh my god it was unbelievable Packy Bonner that moment um, was it Ireland awaits Ireland holds its breath I think anyway and of course unfortunately Scalacci then spoiled the party the Italian Scalacci but yesterday we were talking with Sean Reedy producer on the breakfast show on on Today FM and he was uh, in the Mercantile Hotel in Sydney's oldest Irish pub uh, speaking to some of the fans after the game. We spoke to him live on air yesterday morning. Um, back to his audio from after the game in the pub. So uh, who do I have here? David Curran. Okay, David, uh, were you watching the game tonight? What do you think? I was, yeah, I was. I was watching the game tonight inside in the Mercantile. I thought uh, Ireland uh, set back a little bit too much yeah. and they could have uh, attacked a small bit more. Would you come down just for the game? No, uh, no, I'm living inside in Coogee at the moment, so uh, 
I decided to uh, come down uh, with a few of my mates to watch it here. Okay, you literally you literally have one of the best seats in the house right in front of the big screen. So what time do you get down here? I got here about five o'clock. I was at work this morning for seven. Left at about three o'clock and I came down here for five, so... And are you are you back in work tomorrow morning for seven? Um, yeah, I'm up at half five in the morning. <laughs> Jason O'Flaherty. And your name? Uh, we have, we have uh, Simon Jones. What you make of it? The Matildas were... were, were can we swear in here, can we? No, you can't. Don't right. swear. They were mediocre. Mediocre, right? What's your name? Thomas Krogh. Thomas, uh, where are you from and how long are you out here? County Tipperary. I've been here 13 years. A lot of people say I have a Dublin accent. And why do you have a Dublin accent? Because I haven't. <laughs> so were you watching the game there? What did you think of it? I watched every bit and I will say as soon as Ireland went 1-0 down from a nice little penalty, that brought out the fight in Irish. It's the best thing happened all game. Well, were you, were yeah. you watching? What were you thinking? I feel the game the way. There's true away. There's no forwards the whole time. True away. Devastated. Okay. Devastated. So what do you think we need to change? What do you think we need to change now going into the next game? We need, we need like more forwards being up forward, staying up forward. That's the problem. Okay. They know anything about soccer, but I say anything about the penalty now. Very hasty. Was a push on the back, I'll admit. Very harsh penalty. Shouldn't have been done. Easy goals giveaway. Okay, so do you think that we have a chance of coming out of the group now in our last two games? I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I think it'll get better from here. Like they've, they've just like the practice run. Like next game, it'll be top class. No, I held their own so well. The penalty was a mistake, but there was one or two chances there where the ref didn't give any freeze yeah, I agree, I agree. against Ireland. Should have got them. Good goalkeeping by the Australian goalie, but 100 percent could come out on top. I think, I think next game will be like they'll know from their mistakes here. They'll know what to do, know what to improve on. Definitely. When you were growing up, like the, the Irish women's team weren't very well represented internationally. No. That the women's sport wouldn't have got crowds like they did tonight. Like it must be, it must be great to watch on. And it's unbelievable to watch here. Like when you're here, it's, it's unbelievable. Class. Yeah. Good to see you. I know the atmosphere as well. It's not just all women out. It's lads as well. Everyone's supporting the women. Because yeah. you know what. They're doing better in the Irish soccer than the lads ever did. So. And that was uh, Sean Reedy from the Mercantile Hotel, which apparently is Sydney's oldest Irish pub. We were chatting with Eddie on the air yesterday morning. He was literally going into the stadium. I wanted to catch up with him again this morning. Don't know whether he's been to that pub. Let's find out. Eddie, good morning. Neil, how are you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm good, my man. Do you know that Irish pub apparently where Sean was? I do. I do. I know it very well. Have you I, lo- wasn't, I wasn't there for the, I wasn't there till the wee hours of the morning now, but I do know it very well. I've often I've often frequented it. You've been in and out, but tell me, you're saying that penalty? You were there at the match. You're saying it was a very soft touch. Talk to me about that. Can you hear me, Neil? You're yeah. after, you just dropped out. And I'm just sorry, I'm just talking. I was just talking about the penalty. Um, Somebody in the yeah, report no. there, it looked like a blatant push in the back to me. You you don't agree with that, no? I don't agree. No, I don't agree. I do agree that she might have had her hand on her, but like, Jesus, I, I don't think I don't think it was a penalty. Yeah. And I think I think I think I think a lot of the, the Irish press uh, wrongly gave her a little bit of a hard time in the player ratings today as well. Oh, I didn't see the is, player ratings. That makes it a lot worse yeah. for her. It really does. It does for Marissa, and uh, I think I, I think uh, she be. Like, she, you're breaking up, but she'd be heartbroken. She'd be. I, I guess she probably feels responsible. You know what I mean? I would say very much so. Very much so. And I think, like with such a big occasion, I would have thought a bit more from 
some of the Irish press were more Corinthian names, but okay. some of it that I'd seen yeah. that was just, I just thought was a little bit harsh. You okay, know? Well, well, said for, well said for making that point, in fairness to you. You're entitled to make it. You, you said the ref didn't give us much and the Australians ran down the clock. Are we looking for excuses, Eddie? No, I don't think we're looking for excuses. What we are looking for, I suppose, looking going to the next game is probably giving Abby Larkin a run. I think she's done enough when she come on. She's young. She's like, really, she's going to be a gun. Uh, I think she deserves to start the next game. I think like with Canada and Nigeria drawing today, like eh, it, it, it's in our favour. If we get four points, then we can still qualify. Yeah. So we, we, you know. I know, I know, it, I know. It's, I there, know. it's there for the girls. You know, it's... it's, it's um, but in spite of yeah, all of that, the, the, the atmosphere exactly. must have been electric, was it? A full stadium like that. Probably in, in all my forty years, it was one of the best, and I've been to a lot of temporary hurling matches and other matches. It was it was brilliant. It really was. Yeah, I know, I know. But you know, people... and Ireland, Ireland is is a, is a country based on strong women, and I come from a family of them, and it's just it's it's just brilliant. It's brilliant to see the platform that the Irish women have, and it'll be a watershed moment in twenty years' time that you'll have kids that are playing soccer you know, in the streets or in their clubs, that these these ladies are the ladies that they look up to. It'll, yeah. it, it'll kind of like be yeah. our, 19, our 1990 for, 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 for men. Fair play to you, boy. You're on fire this morning. That makes perfect sense to me. I 100% agree with you, incidentally. The next match, where is it? So I'm thinking the next match is in... It's in... It's in it's in Brisbane or is it in Perth? I'm, okay. sure, I'm actually but not sure. sure. Where, wherever it is... You won't be able to go, will you? Well, do you believe I have... I have a ticket for the one in Brisbane against Nigeria. It's getting there would be the problem. Okay, so... so <laughs> you Because you're in Sydney. The next match is my in... Wife, my the, wife gave me the pass. <laughs> the Canadian match is in Perth and the Nigerian so match is in... Is in Brisbane. Is in Brisbane. In Brisbane yeah. There's huge yeah. distances between those cities, isn't there? There is. But, you know, there is, there is. But, like, I suppose Perth is the worst because it's a five-hour flight from Sydney. <laughs> Whereas where Brisbane... Brisbane is only an hour and a half. What are you going to do? Well, so the, the, the guy I work with, power reinforcement, good guy, father, boy, his parents are from Limerick, he was reared in uh, Reading. Um, his brother, who's, who's a police officer in London, is actually coming over and he can't go. So I haven't broached the subject with my wife just yet. But I, I know I have a ticket if I... If I uh, oh, would you I please to talk go. to your wife and get a pass? Because I'd love to talk to you uh, on well, Wednesday morning. And her, her, father, her, father's a good, her father's a good West Cork man as well. <laughs> would you tell her that you're a, you're a superstar on Irish radio and you have to go to report on the match, all right? Oh, gee, I, she'd, love, she'd love to hear that now. Okay, so do something nice for her at the weekend and get the pass for Wednesday, would you please? <laughs> could do, could do. All right, my man, mind yourself. Have a good weekend, Eddie. No we'll worries. talk next good week. Thank you very much. All Cheers. Cheers. Bye bye. He's a diamond. He's a real find, is Eddie. More on that, of course, uh, next week as we count down to the Canadian match. Text 0868104106. Now, the Neil Pre-
Prenderville Show, Red FM. More free food Friday shout-outs to come in about 15 minutes' time, so text who you are and where you are to 086-810-4106. Red Patrollers will deliver it courtesy of Roosters, Piri Piri. Uh, just around lunchtime, it'll feed between 15 and 20 of you, so keep those texts coming. I was talking about Noonan's Road this morning, the fact that an awful lot of council workers are indeed contracted workers or in Noonan's Road doing work right now. The only thing I can say about that is that uh, it's a shame that it's being done now ahead of a, an executive meeting from Cork City Council on Monday evening. And nobody seemed to care at all before they went to the media. And now, just like they do in hotels ahead of a politician's visit, they clean and tidy the place up so it looks better on Monday evening. Don't kid yourself. That's the reason this is happening. The timing isn't lost on me. Uh, and of course, I was chatting earlier on this morning. Uh, with residents and uh, rats in their gardens. I played you a recording of uh, two rats that were captured. Big, big rats now. They really are big rats and they're fighting with each other inside in a rat trap cage. It reminded Breda of a story that uh, they went through years ago in, in Walsh's Square, kind of in and around near near the Mercy Hospital. And Breda joins me by phone. Breda, good morning. Morning. Uh, what's, what, what was going on back in the day? I mean, how long ago are we talking about? I'd say roughly about 38 years ago. <laughs> and the, they were digging up around the Mercy Hospital. So all the, the rats that were there were, were around the Middle Parish. Now they came into the houses as well because they were inside ours. We heard them one night at the Venetian blind. The rats behind so, the blinds? Yeah, yeah. So we came downstairs and we tried to get them out, but... It came up the stairs to me and I kicked it, I remember kicking it through the banister and it ran in behind the stairs. You kicked it with your bare feet, I think, you were upstairs. Yeah, with my bare feet. Oh, I'd never forget it. They were disgusting. The size of a big kitten. Yeah, Yeah. it was the size of a big kitten. So the next day we got a rat trap and we went out for the day and we left it in the kitchen and when we came back, there it was. How, do, how does a rat trap work? Do you put food into it and does the front, does it, is it like some sort of a gate on it that drops? No, no, this was just like, no, no like the mouse trap now, but it was the big rat, like um, aluminium. Oh, down like, it comes on like the neck trap. or breaks the back or whatever. Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. 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 Okay, so um, that's what you went home to. That was what welcomed you, a dead rat we in the trap. To, yeah, and the, there could have been more, but we only set one trap. So we put it into a plastic bag the next day and we brought it down to City Hall. Now we weren't looking for a house or anything at the time but we went down with the bag and put it up with the counter in the housing and fell inside the counter said I hope that's not what I think it is and we said my husband were there and we said yes this is what we have to live with and we gave him the name and address walked out and left it there and within a few weeks we got a house where we're living now. Go away. Within three or yeah. four weeks, you were rehoused. Yeah. yeah. I'm not suggesting for a moment that anybody should do that because I think anybody in the workplace shouldn't have to put up with that, though, do you think? But um, it, Well, it's so hard to show much what the people are yeah, living with. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right for them to take it seriously, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and even if they, if, like you were saying, bring it down to City Hall, to the steps... I don't, I don't know what they did with the two rats inside in the rat cage, but uh, I don't know what you do next. What do you do? I mean, what do you do next with two live rats? I don't know. Yeah. 
You know, I don't know. But <laughs> Walsh's, when you were in Walsh's Square, uh, was that yeah. was that the family home for a long, long time up until then? Well, we were there, I'd say, about <clears throat> six years. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was lovely, but when they started digging, the rats were around. And what has happened with all of those little lanes and houses and terraces? And that Are they all gone now? There. Are they? No, they're still there. No, I, the rats aren't there now. Yeah, yeah. But they, they were there that time over. They were disturbed, you see. That's it. That's it. We yeah. live in different times now, you know. We really yeah. do. It's tougher it now is. to get a place. It is. Yeah. 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 But it worked for you anyway. It is. Thank God. <laughs> I'm, I'm expecting. I'm expecting a feed of toffee, toffee apples next week. I think. Oh, I? Yeah. <laughs> and we have paper roses for you too. Paper roses. No bit of Chester cake. Will be all right. <laughs> we have that as well. It's so, <laughs> so the Coke Festival, twelfth of August. Yeah. Yes. From midday to half past five. This is the twelfth anniversary of the festival. Yes. And I think is. there's a bit of a launch in the bodega on the fourth at six o'clock, is that right? There is. Okay. What can people expect um, on the day of the festival? Uh, the usual now, you know, we have um, all our live entertainment and we have our face painting, balloon modelers, magic show. Puppet show, you know, all, all the usual that we Fabulous. Have. And it's a Saturday. It's a great day, isn't it? Saturday Saturday, week. Saturday yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Saturday fortnight. Yeah. The 12th yeah. of August. Saturday, the 12th of August. Yeah. I hope yeah. the weather holds fine. I'll see you next week then, or whenever you want to pop out. Oh, lovely job. We'll be out yeah. Rita and the Shawleys coming to Red FM yet again. <laughs> Take care, oh, okay. Brita, for now. All the best. Take care. Uh, thanks, Dave. Bye. Bye. Pencil that one in, lads. It's a great Cork day. The Cork Cold K Festival. It's the family festival, 12th of August to Saturday, the 12th anniversary. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Lots of text on different topics. Here's one with regards to our series on Rip Off Ireland. I flew, I flew Cork Bristol return with Aer Lingus last month. 170 euro with a carry-on bag. The plane is a propeller plane so there's limited numbers the flight was an hour and 15 minutes uh, a friend of mine another one a friend of mine who is originally from Lithuania told me that their car insurance for the year is 90 euro yes 90 euro he said there are no insurance claims in their country because if you don't prove your case 100% in court you pay all the costs yourself including the defendants people tend to stay away from court 90 euro a year for car insurance in Lithuania um, three pancakes less than the size of the palm of my hand cost 8 euro in a West Cork gastropub I could get a pancake the size of a steering wheel for 2 euro on holidays out foreign somebody then sent me a photocopy of a receipt look at the price of the steak in Ibiza it was a night special ribeye and I didn't know the price until the bill came they got a nice roasting off me so they did the cost of the ribeye was 120 euro. I just, you know, I have the receipt here in front of me. Uh, there was also um, um, some kind of a, a prawn dish that cost 60 euro. It must have been a right posh establishment you were in that you paid 120 euro for the ribeye. You need to be very careful about that when you're overseas, particularly if they have specials on and you pay by weight. Sometimes it can be fresh fish 
In this case, it was a steak, 120. I don't know the weight of the steak, but mother of God, I hope it was a memorable one, 120 euro for a steak. And come on, Neil, forget about ticket sales and stupid things like Taylor Swift. You should start your program about what was written on the lower Glanmire Road about all white children needing to be transitioned. Forget stupid topics like Taylor Swift. Talk about this. Don't let Hall Martin stop you. We need to nip this in the bud. Yes, there is graffiti on the lower ground of my road that says that and a lot more besides. But others are texting on Taylor Swift. My daughter got tickets for Taylor Swift. She got tickets for London and, and Edinburgh in the pre-sale. She wasn't allowed to purchase four. So she bought two for each concert instead. I got tickets to Taylor Swift, but I have to go to London as I was waitlisted for Dublin. They're expensive, as there were the lower tier seats, over €200 Euro each, but overall, probably a similar cost going to London as opposed to going to Dublin for the weekend. Um, here's a suggestion. Why not run extra trains and buses out of, out of Dublin on the night of the concerts? If you give people the option of getting out of Dublin, maybe the hotel prices wouldn't be so ridiculous as there would be less demand. It is a good thought, and I think that for some, an option is just to come home after gigs from Dublin these days because of the extortion of prices. Looking at the fee, uh, sorry, I just want one or two more here on holiday prices. My partner and I are booked for Australia next March. It's costing us €2,230 each for return flights, accommodation and car rental for three weeks. We came back from Portugal after a five-day break in March. Flights and accommodation, both, €260 Euro each. And we're going to Bordeaux in August for one week for €500 Euro each, all in, including transfers. Why, oh why, should we even consider holidaying in greedy Ireland? So thank you for those ones to 0868104106. And a lot of people picking up on pubs. Um, and uh, the likes of Diageo. Anthony says there's no loyalty to customers from multinational drinking companies and a boycott of their products for a period of time would maybe get the message back to them, as in stop drinking Guinness for a period of time. Um, People should just change brands. Pubs shouldn't sell Diageo products. BlackRock and Vanguard are their main shareholders and they're the richest in the world. They're worth 20 trillion dollars between them. It's another example of people being screwed and of course that has to do with Diageo deciding to put up the price of a pint by five five cent and probably publicans, some of them will double it. It's interesting that the VAT rate for hospitality and tourism will go back up at the end of of August. Um, um, It's uh, at 9%, it'll go back to 13.5%. It's not a bad thing, I suppose, to put manners on hotels but unfortunately also thrown under the bus here would be restaurants and I believe uh, hairdressers as well. But the pubs probably need, uh, sorry, the hotels probably need manners put on them um, because they're not doing the decent thing with regards to room rates. But unfortunately, restaurateurs will be very unhappy with that because they'll have to pass it on to the punters. I brought my three grandchildren to Dingle last week and bought them an ice cream cone. Three cones cost 18 euro, six euro each. It's absolute madness, says Mick. Keep those texts coming. Text 0868-104-106. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818-104-106.
Yes, indeed. Another bunch of free food for Friday shadows in about seven or eight minutes' time. But all too often, unfortunately, we're hearing about businesses closing on Leaside. It's great when we hear of businesses opening or indeed, more to the point, businesses returning. I'm talking about Crowley's Music Centre, striking a new tune, as they said in the papers during the week uh, on the south side. I think it's fantastic because, of course, the um, actual legacy of Crowley's goes back to the 1920s. Sheena Crowley is holding the baton for the family and reopening again, which is great news. She joins me by phone. Sheena, good morning. Hi, good morning, Neil. How are you? It's been a while. What's the plan? What's the plan? (laughs) Well, um, we'll start off small and we'll build, you know, from whatever we're doing now at the moment is mostly second-hand instruments and um, catering for students as well in traditional folk music and building up as we go. But you the found... main thing is just to get open, right? Yeah. So you found a location on Friar yeah. Street. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. It's brilliant energy there, and it's a perfect spot because you're just at the city, the outskirts, and yet there's a lot of traffic there, you know. And I hear that um, tradespeople are in already working away. Yeah, <laughs> everybody's kind of contacting me, offering help as well, you know. And the people are brilliant, you know. All our old customers have been so good to us all down through the years, and even after closing, but. Um, people offering to help in every way, like really. Uh, I think it's fabulous news. I mean, yeah, like, uh, and before and before you was your dad, Mick, and before Mick was his dad, your granddad, Tyg. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, this time now around, it'll be my daughter will be with me as well. So it'll be four generations. Four generations. It's incredible, yeah, it's isn't it? Cool. The family businesses are important, like really, for the city. I think. Yeah, I mean, many people will remember Crowley's on on McCurtain Street, but where yeah. where did your granddad start? Um, Merchantsky, you know, down in, um, yeah. next to St. Vincent's uh, on Merchantsky, yeah. uh, which, like, I think you, were you, was your grandmother there? She was, that's right. It yeah. was, it was, it was her sweet shop. And yeah. um, your granddad <laughs> uh, bought it off her and he opened yeah. a music shop there and my grandmother then opened a bed and breakfast on King's Terrace. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Small world, isn't it? Yeah, sure is, yeah. Yeah, so it's exciting though. It's brilliant. Yeah, your da- your da- your granddad, he, he was he a pipe maker? Was he a pipe maker? Yeah, he used to make illum pipes and bagpipes That's and right. um, marching drums and so on. And That's he right. would have shipped them all around the world. Yeah. Um, actually, and he repaired Henry Ford's uh, grandfather's pipes as well. I wonder are him. there many Crowley pipes still around? Um, but I know a few enthusiasts like who communicate with me a lot, like and. Um, uh, they'd be talking about getting parts for their pipes or getting them restored or um, couldn't they get their hands on pipes? You know, you'd see them caught the odd time in an auction, you know. Go away. And like, I'd often want to buy them myself, but I can't. Yeah, they're not, they so. wouldn't be cheap anyway. You'd be talking no, about many, no, yeah. many thousands. Like one of the one of the first music books, uh, you know, as in for tunes that I, that I learned yeah. for the Ilham Pipes was actually published by your granddad. Yeah, yeah. Do you very, play the pipes as well? I do. I play pipes. Yeah, wow. but but I have oh, I, I have a, <laughs> I have a music book of yeah. your granddad's from nineteen. Yeah. I think about nineteen thirty four. Yeah, it, that's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, isn't it yeah, amazing? They're brilliant books. I still have those books, and I'm going to tr- do a reissue of them. Oh, um, please do. Please yeah, do. Yeah. He had to dig his hands deep in his own pockets, actually, because subscriptions for the publishing of the book were slow enough, I have to say, back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, but the pipes are thri- But the pipes are thriving up. But what, w- what will you be stocking? Um, I will have a lot of acoustic guitars, some electric guitars. Um, to begin with, it'll be a lot to do with traditional instruments, you know, like barons and flutes and concertinas. Pretty much everything, really, bar, like, it's a smaller space than we would have had in McCurtain Street, so... 
I won't have pianos or um, big PAs or something like that. Not yet, like, you know, I have to be inventive. Walk well, like. before you run, <laughs> so, as the fella says. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, exactly. Yeah, because yeah, I, I, like, I don't mean to be hogging the conversation, but my first disco rig way back in the day <laughs> when I started gigging, I bought yeah. from your dad on McCartney yeah. Street. <laughs> downstairs. Yeah, I remember that. Jesus, not many people got to go downstairs, actually. That was cool. <laughs> but if you had money in your pocket, you could go anywhere in Crowdies. Yeah. <laughs> Down into the labyrinth of de- decks and speakers yeah. and lighting systems yeah. and all sorts of things like that. So are you are yeah. you calling out on people who might have something that they wish to sell? Yeah, I like to begin with, you know, um, I've been building up stock myself when I was renting out instruments and uh, I'm slow. I want different lines. I don't want the usual stuff that you get in every single shop. So I like the idea of um, musicians who are trying to sell on instruments that they give me a shout, especially acoustic guitars. Um, I, I like I love age stuff, you know, Um I love shiny stuff too, but I'm more inclined <laughs> towards like second-hand stuff, which has energy in it and life in it. It you know, does, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Again, so. again, going back to the memory banks, Gallagher bought a Stratocaster from yeah, from your yeah. dad, didn't he, in the yeah. early 60s? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's the famous Strat, the iconic Strat. I mean, it gets mentioned all the time. And I don't know if you would have, like recently I saw that in Mastermind in Australia, a guy's specialist subject was in Rory Gallagher and the first question they asked is where was the strap bought? Uh, and I thought that was incredible. Like, to That's that a cool question. So far. Did he yeah. know it? <laughs> yeah, he did, yeah. He won that show, yeah. So, oh so when, do you, when do you hope to open then, Sheena? <clears throat> okay, next uh, Thursday we'll have a bit of a launch and on Friday we'll be opening to the public and we'll be working mostly part-time in the shop to begin with mm. and then build on that. So it'll be Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sundays from 12 to 6 Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I don't. I don't have to tell the likes of you of the importance of social media in a business like that. Oh yeah, you, you're, yeah, you know yeah, all yeah, about that. Time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> I'll be honest, like yeah. yeah. You're very excited. I yeah, I'm, I feel as if I'm coming alive. Actually, I feel as if I've been asleep for ten years or something. <laughs> you're just one of the <laughs> loveliest people. You know that. I'm so happy nah. for you. And fourth generation that you will open yeah. it, and your daughter will work with you, and your dad yeah. before you, and your granddad before him. It's fantastic. Well done. Yeah. Thanks a million. I remember we talked 10 years ago when we closed and my daughter popped on and was chatting to you too. Do you remember that? I do. At all? I yeah, do. Yeah, I so, do. Well, yeah, here so we are. The girl will be with me. Yeah. Here we are a decade later and you're going yeah. for it. Well done. If yeah. there's anything you need, please do Thanks stay in touch because we're just here to Thanks help in any way, shape or form. Stay in touch. You're brilliant. I appreciate it. Thanks a million. Oh, you're Take brilliant. Care. Well done. Take care, right, Sheena. Bye. All the best. Sheena, Sheena Crowley reopening Crowley's again on Friar Street. Almost 10 years, pretty much almost to the month or indeed the day that the McCurtain Street store closed in 2013. It's fantastic and we wish her well. Text 0868104106. Lads, pick up the phone on 0818104106. We really need to use the opportunity actually uh, to have a listen. Uh, I'm going to say it's that guitar. I'm going to say it is. I'm assuming that it is. I think Gallagher aficionados will correct me as to whether it's a Crowley Strat or not. Let's have a listen. Hard to imagine that anybody could be that talented. Gallagher is Tattooed Lady and uh, it's the only programme in town where you hear Taylor Swift and Rory Gallagher on the same morning. A little bit of tidbit of information actually. That Tattoo al- tattoo the Album actually, uh, Donald Gallagher was talking in the past there where they said that um, rehearsals for that album uh, was in a recording studio that they put together at Shandon Boat Club back in the day. Donald being um, Rory's brother and, and manager. Uh, and uh, Gallagher liked the whole idea of the Shandon Boat Club recording studio because it was 
back in his hometown that was staying in the Metropole at the time and from that album of course we got that song Tattooed Lady a little bit of uh, trivia for you fabulous stuff incredible must be an amazing thing for somebody to discover the music of Rory Gallagher for the very first time Free Food Friday shout outs then courtesy of ourselves and Roosters Piri Piri to everybody at Fairfield Nursing Home in Drimmer League Waterstones Clinic as well doing great work to everybody at Countrywide Drains and Dripsy are starving with the drains and the septic tanks listening every day Atkins Farm Machinery on the Carragherhan Road Cope Transport in Montanati morning to Sean and the gang Union Hall Smoked Fish the Monkey Skate and Repair Shop in Doug to Medmark Occupational Health on Penrose Wharf. I'm leaving them today for parental leave, says Caroline. Uh, good luck with that. Joe's Edge Salon and Blarney are listing. Brookfield Science Building, very quickly, AOC Commercials and Carrick Tool. Pet Shop on the Kinsale Road. O'Reardon Motors, Brooks Timbers on the Tremor Road. The Elm Tree and Glanton, they've got a busy weekend ahead. Morning, Helen. Shopped, uh, the Storefit Shop Fitters, Sentry's Pharmacy in Washington Street, Northside Tires in the Old Mallow Road. Uh, B1 and SR Technics in Black Rock are listening. Musgraves on the Tremor Road. Dean Civils in Kinsale. Caulfield Transport in Little Island. To everybody at Area Carpets and Flooring. BCE Consulting Engineers of the Marina. The Stonemasons working away. We fed them a couple of weeks ago down in Middleton. Uh, and for everybody at Fastway, particularly Des, the amazingly funny manager. And one final one. There's 15 of us helping our daughter and her boyfriend move into their new house in Glanton. They are Ruth best customers but if we have it up uh, in my mam's the Costello House in Springfield Estate all of the grandkids will come over as well um, and uh, we need feeding so we'll do hopefully one more bunch of shout outs just before midday uh, today um, we've got live music in studio to play us out again this Friday morning more on that in a few minutes time but we talk about generational businesses uh, chatting with the Crowley Empire a few minutes ago with Sheena um, more passes to give away today uh, to round off the week summer family passes some will be for um, the tour of y'all, the clock gate and St Mary's Collegiate Church you will love those and while you're down there um, also you could check out Perks because we also have family passes to give away for Perks Fun Fair but when we talk about generational businesses Perks is right up there as well I'm joined by phone by the great Sal Tyvey it's been a long time Sal good morning Good morning, Neil. How are you? So what are you, third, fourth generation at this stage? What's the story? Um, I'm the... I'm the second generation, actually, which but makes it worse yeah. to be telling you this. <laughs> so, if, but have you handed on some to the third generation? Yes, I have indeed. I've handed on. Um, watching carefully what's going on, I can assure you. Oh, I'd say, if I know you, you wouldn't take your eye off the ball, that's for exactly, sure. Exactly, exactly. We're talking about Crowley's going back to the 1920s. Um, yes. Perks, 1929. Yes, that's quite right, 1929. My father and mother began... And um, they had a very, very rough couple of years. They hadn't a penny to their name, but they, they actually were my, they were with my grandfather, and they left as a lot of people do with the in-laws, and they started out on their own. And um, they did extremely well later on in life, but they had a rough time going at the start. And uh, were they funfair people themselves before they went into their own business? I wonder. My mother was. My mother was funfair. Her father was uh, came to Ireland from Scotland, and he came about nineteen thirteen. You know, and um, then they, my father and mother met, but he wasn't in show business. But he adjusted very quickly to it, and um, there we are. And the, went. the arrival in Yall then was nineteen thirty nine. The outbreak of uh, World War Two. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And um, they they um, actually did um, 
a carnival for the local priest to build the Strand Church, which is still here, of course. But if, but if, you, but if you look at what they were offering in 1939, it would have been a million miles now, I'd say, from the bowling, the laser tag, the crazer golf, the jungle gym, all of the fun rides, you know, the diner that you have and everything. What, what would it have been like then? Well, it it was, um, there were no bumpers or no big wheel or jets. There was none of that. It was stalls, all stalls, you know, hook a duck or uh, knock the coconut or those type of stalls, <laughs> yeah, you know? I know. Yeah. And that was it. Everybody loved that idea. Of course they did, and because everyone from Cork and further beyond holidayed in y'all. That's right. That's right. And the train was kept busy up and down, up and down, bringing um, tourists, for, bringing people yeah. for the, the, yeah. the, day, the day trip. So you, you will remember all of the trains coming down packed with Corkonians. I hate admitting it, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I'm maturing now, you know, not getting older, maturing. That's yeah. what I call uh, it. Well, yes, whatever, yes. you know, you're still flying the flag. Fair play to you. How are things going now? Because you're constantly evolving, obviously. Moved to new premises and all sorts of things like that. Yes, we did. We moved from uh, the, the Strand Palace area down to a, an old factory that was here and we renovated it. And we have 77,000 square feet of fun here. And um, as you mentioned, we have bowling and laser and uh, crazy golf and we have bungee and jungle gym um, play area. And um, we, we're, uh, we're doing great. We're very happy. You know, people say there's a bit of a recession. I don't think there is. People want to have fun. They need to have fun. And after that covert session, we had all of us so desperately miserable. Totally shuttered then. Yeah, yeah completely. Yeah. And they're mad to be out and about. And um, we make sure that there are things that they like to, to play. We have new redemption games, our big, huge games that you play. And it pours out tickets, not one or two tickets. It pours out tickets. And when you save up your tickets, you go, to this big shop and you, you pick your prize and you can win anything from a pencil to a bicycle. <laughs> Do you follow me? I do, I do. Yes. I can remember, you know, parks and places like it where the bumper cars were. They were my favourite. And pushing the penny. You remember that machine? Yeah, I do, the penny. I do. Are they still yeah. around? Those penny are probably... Well, it all you. comes in under a much different name, but the basic <laughs> thing is exactly the same. They call it a fandangle new name, but it's the basic... <laughs> we used to be kicking, we used be kicking them and pushing them and shaking That's them. That's right, and banging them, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Much to your annoyance, Sal. <laughs> yeah, they have a safety catch on them now, so if you lift and shake and bang, nothing comes out. <laughs> or the claw. I mean, I mean yeah. the claw, trying to negotiate the claw over the toy and everything. Yes, we do. We still have those, yeah. Well, of course things. we do, yeah. But now all this stuff is much more... Um, advanced. Even totally. I can't follow it half the bloody yeah. time. What's no, happening? No. It's all computerized. But the one no. thing we do have that's very big at the moment, and that is a, a virtual reality game that you actually put on the gear and you get into your own little nest. Oh, and you have wow. a choice of a hundred, you know, roller coaster or uh, haunted house. You can choose with a hundred Oh, choices, I love VR. And they love I love it. that. Yeah. That sounds yeah. like a lot of fun. Yeah, okay, it's let's going extremely well. Let's yeah. encourage people to get down and give away some family passes into the bargain. What about that? Yes, yes, it'd be lovely. They're okay. very, very welcome. Let's do that. But the so. one thing I want to say to you is that every Thursday from... Oh, hang on a second. Let me get myself sorted here. I think we just... Uh, we, are you still there, Sal? Yeah, I'm Sorry, every, every Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. We have autism morning. 
right? With sensory needs, children and siblings, siblings can come along with them. But we have this very quiet, it's complete, the place is in quiet, in darkness, and not in darkness, in silence. And no member of the public can come in. They, these little children can have their oh morning. Oh my God, parents yeah. will love to hear that. Yeah. Okay. So um, I'm glad to be able to say that to you, that people might like to come along. They're very, very welcome. But it's private morning for these these pretty little people. Okay, when is that? Thursday mornings, is it? Thursday, every Thursday from now until the end of People of will August. love to hear that across the summer. Well said, every Thursday morning with uh, um, bearing sensory issues in mind. Everything turned down, lights yeah. down, sound down. Well said, Sal, well said. Yeah. All right, yeah. look after yourself. Let me give away some family passes. Cheers, thanks for taking the call. Regards to okay, everybody. Okay, and take care of yourself. You too. Okay. Well said, okay. lovely lady. Okay. Fair play. Three That's passes, three family passes to give away for perks. We'll take callers nine. 10 and 11. Take the family down. Have a great day. Bear in mind, Thursday morning for sensory issues um, and exclusively for those who have the children maybe on the spectrum. So pick up the phone on that 0818104106. Those family passes to In studio just before midday, Andrew Fletcher. He's from Whitegate. He's uh, only 14 years old, heading into his junior cert year. Picked up the guitar a couple of years ago uh, during, uh, during COVID and he's flying. So he'll play us out this morning as we play out live on a Friday morning. But talking of y'all and while down there, I want to give away some more summer family passes as well. And this is for the tour of y'all Clock Gate Tower and the St. Mary's Collegiate. I've done both. In fact, it's been one of the best trips that I've done in years was to do the Clock Gate and the Collegiate Church because the Collegiate Church is just mind-blowing. I mean, we are talking about something that's rooted in the 13th century. But enough of me. Let's talk to the professionals instead. A quick word before we give away the tickets uh, to Anne-Marie. Anne-Marie, good morning. Oh, good morning, Neil. And Thanks you, so much for um, you, taking the call. You're the, tour, you're the tour guide down there, right? I am the tour guide. And I'm one of those people who grew up coming to y'all and then went to the U.S. for 37 years and then moved back to y'all, my favorite place on earth. And I'm a tour guide in the clock tower and I love it. That was a lifetime in Delaware, wasn't it? I was a lifetime in Delaware, Joe Biden country. That's and right. I, just, I just love being back. So okay. It's wonderful. So you took the opportunity after COVID to come home. And this is, you've got one heck of a great job. The Clockgate Tower, that's an incredible refurbishment and, um, and, and work that was done down there, right? Oh, it's amazing. Each floor of the building now tells a story of a different phase of the clock tower's life and even goes back to the building that preceded the clock tower, the Iron Gate, which was part of those 12th century walls in Yall that are actually uh, some of the most intact and well-preserved walls in the entire country. Everybody knows it. And then we have St. Yeah. Mary's that is, the, um, is just wonderful. It's that 12th century church and the oldest uh, working church in Ireland at the moment. And you can and tell course, the minute yeah. you walk through the doors, the big doors of the Collegiate Church, it's 13th century and it, uh, uh-huh. r- it's right across from, correct me, that's Walter Raleigh's house there, I believe, at one stage. Yes, um, Myrtle Grove. It's right there and it's just, and the, uh, the college gardens are beside it, which are beautiful. So you could tour the church, that beautiful, immersive, self-guided tour, the audio tour. And again, this is very, um, very, uh, very comfortable tour for young people for for any age group and i want to say also just just to jump on on perks we do many tours for children with special needs 
I'm a former teacher. We can adapt tours to any any uh, need, and we of course we also have that beautiful boardwalk that anybody of any any physical ability, or if you have any physical needs or physical. No, oh, it's um, a whole day you know, out down there. It really is. A oh whole my day gosh, out. it's a whole day, y'all. Is 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 the history? It's the the natural heritage and the built heritage. Just tell us just a little really bit. To, I, t- tell yeah. us a little bit about the clock gate tower. Because when I was there, it was being refurbed, so everything was it was empty. Mm-hmm. They were working on walls and this, but. What story does it tell? Oh, Neil, you have to come back. The bottom floor goes back to Iron Gate, which preceded the clock tower. That was the 12th century, the 13th century gate that was part of the walled town. Then that was demolished. And in 1777, the clock tower took its place and was purposely built as a jail. So the bottom floor tells the story of Melchior Blewett, who, who was, took up residence in um in Iron Gate as a merchant, and that was his storehouse. Then the next floor tells the story of uh, the the clock tower and its life as a jail. A very cruel jail, I would suggest, yeah. Oh, my goodness. There were three men men hanged there in 1798 during the the, um, United Irishman Rebellion. Yes, very cruel jail. And then the next floor, we have a beautiful demonstration clock that was sourced by um, Stokes in, in Cork. Cork yeah. And it's gorgeous. You can actually, we, we, can, we can show you how it works and it's actually working still, which is beautiful. Then we have a floor that, oh, it's very sentimental for a lot of uh, people in Cork and y'all. It tells the story of the last family who, t- who were the clock keepers, the McGrath family. And they still, John still lives in town, and he helps source everything. It, 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 um, it uh, is a mirror of their sitting room when Fabulous. they lived in the clock tower from 1915 wow. to 1959. Do you mm-hmm. still have the? Do you still have the town crier? He was on the air with me a few years ago, bringing the bell yes. and stuff like that. Is he still doing We're his the thing? Only- Yes, we're the only town in Ireland that still has a town crier, and he's still there, still dresses up. And we all do our, we are all costumed when we give our tours, by the way, so it's kind of extra well special. And like I said, don't be afraid to go from Perks down to the Clock Tower all for right, a, a, a tour. Thank you, Anne-Marie. Thank you, Anne-Marie. I'm yes. going to give away some family passes now for both the Clock Gate Tower Absolutely. and St. Mary's Collegiate, and thank you for them. Have a great thank weekend, you and thank so you for much telling for the story. promoting y'all. People should visit. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Get down there, guys. Have a great weekend. You too, Anne Marie. Take care. So, phone lines are open for that as well. We have uh, four passes to give away for that. Family passes: two adults, two children. One adult, three children. Actually, they're two adults and three children each for these passes. So, pick up the phone on that 0818-104-106 and we'll do those final bunch of shout-outs, courtesy of ourselves and Roosters, Piri Piri, CDYS in Middleton are listening. O'Leary O'Sullivan. Development in Nokraha, DC's Pharmacy in Bandon, Desco Tires in the Model Farm Road are starving, O'Sullivan's Pharmacy in Grange, Cullen View Interiors in Riverstick, Architectural and Metal Systems in Little Island working hard. Um, what else have we got for you? The Rapid Prostate Can- Cancer Clinic at Orchid Road, John Gray Auto Services, Bridgewater Homes, Ross Oil and Fernand's Unique Fit Out, Blockwall, Tesco Drivers, CUH, a lovely treat for the hardworking staff in the Infusion Unit, O'Connell's Butchers in the Lock, the Bon Secours Care Village, Blackwater Motors in Forge Hill and SOS Recovery. That's it with shout outs back after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Pick a free food Friday winner in a minute, but I'm mad keen to get the backstory from Andrew Fletcher, who I'm told got a notion during COVID to pick up the guitar. Is that right? Yeah, right, Neil. Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, <laughs> during um, COVID, my brother got a guitar, so I said I might as well start learning it for the crack, something to do. 
and um, it kind of took off from then, I suppose. I'm going to change your mics there because that one is horrid. So if we could maybe get somebody in to fix that before we chat. So where did you, like, did you learn tunes, what, on YouTube or um, something? It was during, on YouTube, yeah, I started, I'd, I've always loved music, but I've never been mad into learning anything. And um, it was just during a lockdown, then I suppose I said, you know what, why not? I was enjoying it, so I said I'd drive on with it. So I'm mad keen to hear what a guitar player who learned to play during COVID sounds like, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And are you gigging and everything now? I am, yeah. I am uh, gigging the whole time and uh, a lot of the charity gigs and stuff kind of do as well. So uh, fairly busy, are you? All right, let's have a listen to a, a COVID learning guitar player, shall we? The great Andrew Fletcher. Do your thing. Summer's there And this place 
place is where I've grown It's the only place I've ever known This place is for me It's the only place I want to be This place You wrote that? Yeah, I did And you picked up the guitar in COVID? Yeah <laughs> Where's your tribe from? Whitegate? Whitegate, yeah, Whitegate, yeah, all the way. You're 14 doing your junior cert. Yeah. This isn't a wind-up now or anything, no? <laughs> no, no. I know no. your dad is here to back up what you're saying. Yeah. This is a real McCoy. Real, real. You're sitting junior yeah. cert. Yeah, well, next year, yeah. yeah, next year, yeah. <laughs> you're hanging out with Shane McGowan and Glenn Hansard and Mundy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fairly, yeah. Uh, it's insane. It's fairly mental, all right, but um, it's class, I suppose. Oh, yeah. man, it certainly is class. It, yeah. So you're gigging in the paddocks in Cove Sunday. You're yeah. doing a charity gig in Spratts, but you're too young to be in a <laughs> well, uh, no, I, no, it'd be grand, it'd be grand. But, um, be grand. Yeah, no, it's um, everyone just so good to me around the place. Um, even all like the lads from August Walk, Flake the Gander, the Hollies, even they're all. I think the Flake the Gander played in here actually. They did, yeah, great bunch. Yeah, yeah, a lot of sound bunch of lads. All of them, they're all very good to me. So, are you going to pursue this now? You're going to get through your junior, your leaving cert, go to college, get a degree? What are you going to uh, do? I don't think that'll happen anyway. To be honest, but um. <laughs> No, I think just kind of hopefully go to music, I suppose, do what I want for them. Um, hopefully, it's the plan anyway. That's one of the most amazing sessions now. One song I know that I've done in a long time. A 14 year old, not even doing his junior start, hanging out with, what was it, McGowan? Did he see you playing yeah, online uh, or something? On Instagram, yeah. I was playing uh, Rainy Light in Soho. <laughs> and um, he's seen it. And um, I went up and got to play it from his house and everything. And oh, for God's sake, time, it's yeah. insane. Were you nervous? Um, I was nervous enough, all right, but it was more kind of happiness. I was looking forward to it, I suppose. It was uh, something I never thought I'd do. Like, he'd be, he'd be a proper hero to me, like, you know. Absolutely, I can well imagine. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But you're writing and everything. That's fabulous. Yeah, he'd have a big influence on the writing now, all right, to be fair, McGowan would, and uh, even Glenn Hansard and all that kind of thing. Oh, I think it's fantastic. I just think it's a great oh, story. Yeah, I'm so that. glad you came in. I want to say thank you to Live Music Promotions Ireland for providing all of the music on Friday mornings and the great Andrew Fletcher. You've got a great career ahead, oh, man. Thanks a lot, Neil, yeah. Fair play. Thanks. Lovely to see you. Thanks. And thanks also to Dad for popping in. Thanks, Brian. You should be very proud of him. I'm sure you are, pal. Great talent. Take care. We'll keep an eye out for Andrew Fletcher going forward. Listen, last bit of business this morning is a free food Friday, courtesy of ourselves and Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. So this will feed between 15 and 20 of you. All right. And if you're thinking about food of the weekend, don't forget delicious Roosters, Piri Piri food. And winners for this week should be tidy mechanical repairs. I see them texting every single week. They're in the Ballycoreen Industrial Estate. What do they do? What are they so tidy about? Mark, good morning. All right, Neil, how are you getting on? All right, my son, what's so what's so tidy about your mechanical repairs? Uh, not much at the moment, mainly the floor. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'd imagine that it would be a tidy floor, but what do you do? Oh, everything. Campers, cars, trucks. Whatever you have with an engine will do it. All right, and you're busy? Flat, up the wall. And who else is there with you? Trevor and Jake and Cora and stuff like that? Yeah, they're all there. And what about, why do I hear about your ma'am? She's been the main instigator about, behind trying to win Free Food Friday, I think, is it? Oh, yeah, every week without fail, she'll enter it for us. All right, so now that you've won, clearly you'll be sharing with uh, others because there's 15 to 20 of you. How many, how many people are with you? Five or six? Uh, five or six here at the moment. And who's near you? Uh, I have uh, Cora, uh, oh, near us, uh, Jay's, Ard Fallon, all them boys. Oh, Ard Fallon, motors and stuff like that? Yeah. Okay, will you share with them? 
Uh, no, we're fairly hungry. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, well, we're, uh, we're in too far to reverse out of this one then, but uh, I don't think you'll be able to five you won't eat food for 20 people. So let's see what the, sh- let's see what the shout-out is like then, the weekend shout-out. Can you make some noise? That's a good one for a handful of people. Enjoy it. Have a great weekend and stay tidy, my man. <laughs> All right, Mark, cheers. And good luck to your man, Magella, as well. Behind every good boy is a good mother, and she drove it on, and they eventually win. That's it. Lines will stay open. You can pick up the phone on 0818, text 0818104106. You can text 0868104106. If you have a story to share for any of the stories that we've been following, you can email neil at redfm.ie. Most importantly, stay safe, have a good weekend, and I'll see you Monday. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.